Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Chris and Obi. How are you guys? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Obi? I'm hungry, but I'm all right. You're hungry? Yeah. <laughs> so, if my energy's low, apologies, isn't it? Have you got any snacks for the duration of the pod? I've got an apple, so I'm mute. Just now I'm munching on an apple. Okay. Well, that's a good healthy choice. Um, I don't know what episode number we're on anymore because we've done so many like little odd kind of specials I'm gonna and whatever. This. I'm going to say this right now. I think we should... We've probably got... I, I literally didn't get anything you just said. I was going to say, I didn't hear the word you just said. I think I'd be saying to... Uh, uh, get, let me know if I'm rotten, but was you saying that we should just name and buy what we're, we're talking about? That is what I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. You went very robotic, but I'm glad it oh, wasn't sorry. just me. But yes, so today's episode, whatever number it is, we will be discussing the Oscar nominations, which came out last week. Um, and then we will talk about the first episode of Falcon, or The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, which is not a particularly catchy title. Um, and then we will go into the main uh, crux of this episode, which is to review in spoilerific detail... Zack Schneider's Justice League, as it is officially titled. Um, but first of all, I will read out the main nominations for the Oscars. Um, oh my God, this website's got so many adverts. It's ridiculous. Oh, wait, about the Oscars, because I assume that'll be a little bit of a stint. What do you think about Avatar regaining its title as the number one film? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's, it's owned by Disney now, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> this, these two films are just going to keep re-releasing it, like ad nauseum like you know just forever and ever it's it's uh meaningless to me i don't really care about it mm. what about you i just feel like the stats just be based on one release rather than multiple yeah yeah exactly it's 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 sort of contrived in a, in a way isn't it but yeah um oh my god this uh, variety website full of ads like just keep getting spammed um but anyway so best picture nominees the father which i think stars anthony hopkins and olivia coleman judas and the black messiah mank which is a netflix film about the uh, screenwriter of citizen kane um minari nomadland which is by uh, Chloe Zhao, who is directing Eternals, I think it's Eternals. Um, <coughs> Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald Fennell, who plays uh, Camilla Parker Bowles in um, The Crown. Fun fact. Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is also a Netflix film. So um, I can't say that I've seen the majority of those, but I've seen Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, out of those, I would say that Judas and the Black Messiah is by far the better film, but I can't attest to the others. I agree. Yeah? You've seen, seen Promising Young Women. I've seen you? Promising Young Women, yeah. It's a good film, actually. I'm surprised that it got nominated, to be fair. Now, is this going to be a year where, no matter who's nominated, it's always going to be, yeah, but not that many films came out so you know are we is that unfair to these films or is it like you know they have to pick eight or 
I wouldn't say it's unfair. I just would say it's kind of it is what it is, you know. And I think only people who want to make excuses for it will make excuses for it. Um, and on the other side, I think uh, each film will get their credit where their credit is due. It's kind of like to put it into football terms. In football terms, like Liverpool winning the Premier League when there was COVID about, but like everyone knows they were going to win it anyway. So I'm trying to think of films that. Do you know what I mean? Because when you think about it, like films that are Oscar type films are normally like smaller releases anyway. Um, yeah. There's not many big, big films that come out and make loads of money that are also, also nominated for Oscars. I'm trying to think of one. Maybe Joker is the mm. only one I can think of, really. So, but like. Joke, Joke had a very indie vibe, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think so, like. Lot... Yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, there's quite. um the, the, the list of Best Picture nominees is quite diverse in its kind of producer and and cast makeup so that's that's a real positive coming out of this you know at least two of them were directed by women they've got um asian americans um and uh i think um riz ahmed is in sound of metal um and then obviously like judith and the black messiah so yeah it's a i think that's a real positive from this isn't it the first time that two women have been up at the same time for best director or something or best picture or one of them too i believe so well, yeah. the best director nominees are Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, uh, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Mm. Um, and then in the best actor category, you've got Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank and Stephen Yun from Minari. And Stephen Yun is from The Walking Dead, which is, he played Glenn, my namesake. Um, the only, uh, Chadwick Boseman, not really the, the uh, no, he is the lead. No, sorry, I'm talking about yeah, go the Vi- of, yeah. best actress, Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She's not really the, she's not really the uh, main character. No, she's, she's definitely a supporting character. Which is, you know, when we come on to like, I think it's best actor as, as well. That there's a, a bone of contention there. But the other best actresses are Andrea Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Mm. Um, then best actor in a supporting role, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, and mm. Paul Rassi or Rachi for Sound of Metal. So again, you got Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield both up for supporting actor. Um, I think there was a quote from Lakeith Stanfield who was very surprised that he was in the supporting actor yeah. category because he is again the most prominent. He's, ar- yeah, he's arguably the main character. I mean, what do you think is the reasoning for that? You've got Chadwick and Viola both up for the best, you know, leading roles, uh, whereas contentious whether Ma Rainey even though she is the main character the eponymous character she's not the most prominent so why would you pit two of these actors from the same film up against one another surely it benefits Judas and the Black Messiah to have one of these you know Lakeith Stanfield in the best actor role in my um I'm going to try and think of it as like a in like a non-cynical way I suppose so I think the way that it works is that you just you just vote for so you 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 can vote for people as um you can vote for someone as leading act a leading actor and you can vote for them as supporting actor i reckon because 
I was I'm, I don't know the, the numbers, but the screen time between Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanford is fairly even. So like, I think a lot of people would have. I'm assuming a lot of people would have thought, okay, Daniel Kaluuya is the lead in this. Lakeith Stanford's the supporting. I'm going to vote for Lakeith Stanford as supporting. And then the other side of it, okay, Lakeith Stanford's the lead. I'm gonna, I, I like Daniel Kaluuya in this. He's the supporting. I'm going to vote for him supporting. So they got loads of votes for supporting, both of them, and just not enough votes for, for leading, which puts them both in the supporting category. And then um, I reckon, well, it's, a, it's probably a good um, it's a good chance that they, these, they'll take votes away from each other. So, like, you could end up with somebody else winning. I think one of them two should win, but I reckon they could split a vote, split the vote kind of thing. Mm. And then it ends up going to some somebody else. Um, yeah. I mean, if you had to give it to one of them, who would you give it to? Oh, I would give it to, I'd give it to Danny Kaluuya um, because he's British and I'm biased. Um, and also... <laughs> that lean. Yeah, man. And then, that is lean. That, mate, do you know what? I think he, like... I think he did a better job I think they both did an excellent job. I think he did a better job of conveying Fred Hampton than Nikeith Stanfield did of Bill O'Neill. Um, not that either of them were... Not that uh, Bill O'Neill, his portrayal of him was, was bad. It was good, very good um, from the little I know. But I've gone down and I've just watched a few like YouTube videos of Fred Hampton like speaking in general. And like the the you can tell he studied... Danny could have studied him like a lot to get it. Like Even the accents get all that the same and the cadence and everything like that. So yeah, I think I appreciate that quite a lot, and also, um, actually, no, don't worry. I'll, well, if we ever review that film, we can just talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we will review that film in a future podcast, but I think it'll be too add to the length of this one too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a cynic's point of view, you could argue that they might put them up as supporting actor because they think that someone like Chadwick Boseman's probably a shoe in for best actor. Mm. Similarly, for Viola Davis, they they might think she's got more of a chance as best actress rather than actress in a supporting role, where you've got Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seyfried, Yu Jung Yun, uh, Glenn Close, and Maria Bakalova. Um, so you know, Olivia Coleman um, obviously has uh, uh, Oscar Pedigree. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do, the, the... do you think it's right that the the film company or, or the pe- is it the people who nominate themselves or the film nominates the people for the categories they want to nominate them for so i think you're, you're part of the academy and the academy you vote for whoever you think should be in whatever category you want them to be in See, I feel that's, like, that's how i think it works that's a bit unfair because like like you just said for chadwick boseman to be assuring to win it if they then put themselves into supporting actor then a person who is more deemed as i'd say like supporting actor will lose out on winning that role because someone who is a lead actor has decided to put themselves in that category. Well, yeah. on the on the flip side, if so, let's say the academy's filled with five thousand people. I have no idea how many it is, but if three thousand yeah. people think you're the supporting actor, I mean you're probably the supporting actor. In this yeah, case, but... I think it's a special case because the two of them share this share screen time so so closely, and same with yeah, Viola no, Davis and Chadwick Boseman I, as well. I get that one, but like what I'm saying is, if for example you think that year there's two amazing lead actors but you're like i can only vote for one so you vote for chadwick and then that other one knows they're going to automatically lose so they put themselves in supporting acting role when there's mm. really I don't think, can you put i don't think you can put yourself in a supporting acting role can you oh can you not that's what i'm saying i don't think so i think I'm, people vote for you in them but i, I could be completely wrong i'm not sh- i'm not sure to be honest i well, know I, I know i know that with the emmys i think you you nominate yourself um or you put yourself in contention so um i know the modern family cast they all agreed to only ever nominate themselves or put themselves forward for supporting actor or actress. 
just in solidarity so that no one of them is considered like the lead or the most important but i don't know how the oscar nominations work i mean if if it is a case that the studio or the actor themselves you know says oh i think i should be up for this you know then you can get into politics with it which it shouldn't but inherently everything becomes political because i know that for the golden globes i think the martian when it was released um was put into the comedy or musical category rather than drama because they thought it had a better chance of winning um which... Can I do a quick? Can I give you a quick um, uh, Google definition of the how the nominations work? For yes, Oscars? please. So it says. Sorry, this is a, a article from Collider. Um, so it says the Academy of Motion Pictures, blah blah blah, is made up of seven thousand filmmakers and film professionals, and these are the people that vote for the Oscars. You either have to go through a rigorous application process or be invited to join the Academy. And the organisation itself is divided up into 17 specific branches. There's a branch for actors, a branch for directors, a branch for editing, blah, 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 blah. Um, so nominees for each category are selected by votes from the members of these specific branches. So actors can only vote for actors, directors can only vote for directors. Um, in other... Uh, sorry. So, but when it comes to Best Picture, everybody gets a vote. So for that category, a voting member must submit a list between five and ten nominees. Uh yeah, and then for the for the categories that you only you're allowed to vote for, um, you can submit a list of up to five people. Okay. But then it's like how you know, surely all seven thousand of those members haven't watched all of the films, so yeah, there must be a case that like, you know, um, Chloe Zhao is like, hey, I did this film called Nomadland, and uh, I think it's pretty good. Mm. Have a watch and see if you think it's good enough. That there must be an element of that. Mm. Uh, but I mean. Okay, I'll just do a few more categories. Um, best Adapted Screenplay, Borat, Subsequent Movie Film. How that's got a couple of nominations. <laughs> I mean, it got Best Supporting Actress nomination for Maria Balaclova. Bakalova, sorry. I mean, anyway, whatever. Yeah, the I haven't father, seen that, so you guys will have to... Uh, best Adapted Screenplay. I mean, she, did, she did do, like, real-life acting. She did do it uh, to I a know. Level. Would you say Steve O should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor for like Jackass Three? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think putting yourself in a comedic kind of dangerous situation. But he's not acting. He is just doing, isn't he? Well, she is playing a completely different character in real life. That's funny. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a fair point, Chris. Um, I think I'm being a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> I think your point, like you wouldn't, you don't envision Borat. Um, winning any of these awards but yeah. no <laughs> um the other adapted screenplay nominations are nomadland one night in miami and the white tiger and um chloe Zhao is credited as the writer of uh nomadland as well so i think this is um giving me some hope for the eternals you know yeah. that it's in good hands um, i said that thing the other week that apparently people were saying this is the best marvel from they've ever seen so you know why have we not got a trailer but anyway that's anyway that's a I'm going to try and rush through this. Uh, One Night in Miami and The White Tiger round out that category. Best original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, that's strange because Judas and the Black Messiah is based on real events, mm. as is One Night in Miami. And to be honest, One Night in Miami is more of a fictional, you know, uh, kind of take on what, what yeah. might have happened. But yeah. anyway, again, going into the details of how these things get... I don't know. Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, let me just see if there's any 
other good categories. Before you conclude, can I just say a couple things, a couple feelings that I have about the well, nomination? Yeah, I was going to ask like okay. any glaring omissions. So I, so one thing is that I feel like so Judas and the Black Messiah was nominated for best picture. Correct me if I'm wrong. Best picture, um, best supporting actress, actors, sorry, um, and best original screenplay. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Shaka King, who directed it, he wrote the screenplay, but he ha- but he's not been nominated for best director, but he's got best picture, best some of the best actors and best screenplay. That to me just sounds odd, but again, I don't know how these things work, so I don't know. Maybe it's politics. I, I don't know. But I, I just think that's weird. Um, it, is, it is weird. I mean, on the best picture, um, the the people listed next to best best picture are the uh, producers. Um, yeah. So for Judas and the Black Messiah, it's Shaka King, Charles D. King and Ryan Coogler. Um, okay. But I mean, I know. So I think the film The Town by Ben Affleck, I'm mm. pretty sure it was either that one or Argo. Actually, I think it was Argo won Best Picture, but he wasn't nominated for Best Director. Mm. So, yeah, I don't under, I don't quite understand. It's very odd. Yeah. You should, I would love you to would... talk to someone about it, like how it how they think that process works. Like, Yeah. It's it's a it's a fair one. I mean, have you are there any glaring omissions? So, um, I was gonna say I feel like um, Delroy Lindo in the Five Bloods he got shafted because this that film came out so well, I say so long ago it was a year ago not even a year ago but I feel like everybody forgot about it because if you'd asked people like a month after that film come out if he was gonna get an Oscar on people I think loads of people would have said yeah hundred percent and like he don't even get. Flipping people pops a lot of people saying he was going to win, then again, nom. Like, and I think he suffers from that film coming out a while ago, like at the at the at the start of the back end of like after the Oscars just finished, then his film come out kind of thing. So it's forgettable because it didn't come out so like in the last two three months, if that makes any sense. Mm. So yeah, yeah I think it shafted a bit. Um, I mean, that's got no nominations on the main one, so not even Spike Lee, nothing. Mm. So um, I mean, also in terms of like Ma Rainey, you've got. You know, uh, Viola Davis and Chadwick up for best actor and actress, but it's not up for best picture or best director. So mm. um, it's strange how these things work. Um, yeah, I mean, any other glaring omissions? I mean, there's not been tons of films no. that, that that I've I've watched and thought, oh, this is Oscar worthy. But no, not really. I'll say I'm I'm happy that um, Leslie Odom Jr. got a nomination for One Eye Miami. I thought it was really good, actually. That's all I have to say. Okay, fair enough. Right, we'll we'll do a review podcast on that when when the uh, uh, winners are announced um, in a few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, and hopefully, when the cinemas reopen in May, that some of these films will uh, be showing in the cinemas. Because I remember last year, Parasite was shown in mm. the cinema after it won Best Picture. So mm-hmm. you know, I would I, I don't know anything about Minari or Nomadland or The Sound of Metal, but I would want to watch them as they're Obviously, you know, getting a few nominations. I think uh, I think the Sound of Metal is coming out on Amazon next month. So oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's move on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm, let's go. Which let's go. Is the second uh, Disney Plus series from the MCU. Um, follows as you know, made evident by the title, uh, Sam as Falcon and uh, Bucky Barnes as well the former winter soldier yeah sort of um chris if i could go to you first as as we've not really heard too much from you yet 
what were your thoughts on this episode? So it just sort of reintroduces us to these two characters and and where they are kind of, I think it's a couple of weeks after the blip? I think it's six months. Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a decent opener. I mean, I don't really expect much from the first episode, although this is only a six-episode-long series. Um, it's good that he went straight into the action and we got to see... It uh, what life has been like after the blip for these two characters and where they stand in society right now, I guess. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think too much really, in my mind, not too, I don't think too much happened. Mm. I think we were introduced to a villain, whether it's the main villain or a lead up to the main villain. I assume, I assume it's not the main villain because I'm assuming Zemo's the main villain. But mm. uh, yeah, it was a nice introduction to see what, what the world's like. And the villainous group was quite an interesting one in the sense that they wished the world stayed as if there was a blip, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the flag, the flag smashers. Yeah, they wanted everyone to have uh, like basically a borderless earth, basically, so everyone can go anywhere they want kind of thing. I mean, shit name for a group, but... <laughs> it sounds, but, yeah, it sounds dead. That's, dead. that's a dead name. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's an interesting concept. So I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have even thought of that way to go for, for it. But yeah, so um, interesting. They had an appearance from a UFC fighter as well, which was Oh, yeah? Who's bizarre. that? Uh, the, the, the bad guy at the beginning, I'm pretty sure that was... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Pretty sure he's a UFC fighter. The, the the one who was the stronger one out of the against the Falcon. He kept. Oh, right. and I think he actually survived actually from the plane crash as well. Was uh, he in Winter Soldier? People were saying he was, but I don't remember him. Really? That's what people were saying, oh. but I don't remember him at all. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna, so I'm look it so it's, if the film the uh, film the show starts with um, Falcon basically on a government contract mission, and he's uh, essentially trying to rescue a soldier um, who's been captured by, is it the LAF um, or the LFA, I think um, is the group name. Uh, and, you know, he's got to capture him before or rescue him before they get to the Libyan border. Um, and it's really cool um, sort of like aerial sequence. There's a lot of like skydiving kind of fighting and um, really cool action um, in helicopters. I just thought that whole like 10 minute scene was just really good. Um, and then it sort of it starts on a real high and, and then you sort of then get into like the kind of, you know, the, the more kind of mundane. Potatoes, yeah. yeah, like you've got um, Bucky in therapy. You've got Sam kind of going back to his family in Louisiana, I think it is. And, yeah. you know, there's like financial struggles. So um, I really liked that. I mean, I, I get, um, you know, we're already one sixth of the way through this series. Um but I think for me, what I've liked about the two MCU shows so far is they are making it a little bit more realistic. They're adding yeah. humanity to these characters. Like they mm. are going through grief. They are they they sort of pose and answer questions that um, audiences will have. Like how do superheroes get money? Um, you know, and, and Sam answers that, you know, a lot of goodwill. They're not, they, you know, they fucking don't get money. This guy, anyway, you know what? <laughs> they're not, they're not kind of, you know, mega rich. Um, and they do have families and they do suffer from, you know, 
um, mental health issues based on what they've seen. And, you know, Bucky says, like, I spent the last 70 years fighting or something. And you're like, yeah, fair enough. Um, it's all quite like, expected to do something and just receive the slap, the, the criticism or praise. But that's it. Which I thought was a bit... Say that again, mad. Chris? Like, I was saying, like, oh, I can't remember what I first said now. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just expected to turn up, aren't they? That's, that's the okay, big, okay. Yeah. like, question mark. Like, if they didn't turn up, they'd be big bad guys. But mm. when they do turn up, they don't get rewarded for it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sort of like shit, bruv. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Bucky's sort of, um, yeah, having nightmares and, and trying to, he's basically doing a, um, my name is Earl, just like going through his little yeah, list. And being, like, trying to make amends of people. Um, so at the end uh, of this episode, you don't you don't get the reconciliation yet between Sam and Bucky. Um, but we we sort of get slowly introduced to like the flag smashers. There's also the LAF. I don't think they're the same group. Um no, I don't think so. LAF just seems to be some sort of like like sort of military organization yeah. and the flag smashers are like throwaway bad guys, yeah. Yeah, and the Flag Smashers are like anarchists. Um, and then we get introduced right at the end to the new Captain America. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, Obi, Obi, talk to me. Um, so, yeah, first of all, I want to say that uh, I enjoyed the episode. Um, like like you guys said, I think it's cool to see like Avengers just like living their, living their normal lives. Obviously, we're going to get into like the, the, the action stuff soon, but it's nice to see like where Sam and Bucky are at with their lives. Um, just to kind of like uh, bed us in it was nice seeing like Sam actually have a family like we learn about his family um, like stuff that we never that we never would have known about him before which is good and I think that kind of lends itself to like um, the action sequence in the beginning because we see Sam in action sequence by himself which we've never seen before and him doing stuff that we've never seen before so it kind of like lets us know that you know this is a character who can handle himself you know but then also has you know his other stuff going on at home and whatnot um but yeah the captain america stuff oh, oh boy um <laughs> firstly i can tell i can tell that this guy who's playing the captain america i think his name in the comics is us agent or something like that um he looks like a prick and i can tell he's gonna be a prick he looks like an absolute <laughs> prick like oh my god <laughs> two the suit i don't know if they did this on purpose but the suit is awful it looks like cosplay it's terrible i don't know if i did that on purpose but it looks fucking shit and like free um Sam should have known better. Well, and to give the shield away. And to give the shield away. He should have known better. This government is this government is bullshit. Like they don't they don't they don't give a fuck about any of the Avengers. Sam can't even get a fucking loan and he saved the fucking world more than yeah, once. That's like, mad. <laughs> like, it's bollocks. It's bollocks. <laughs> I think yeah, these fuck. series are a good opportunity to like ground these heroes a bit more. Because obviously, you know, if you're watching Endgame, you you don't want like a five minute scene where like one of the characters is like you know get going get a food bank or something like you know you just want the pure kind of narrative plot action so these series are good like that i mean chris do you have any kind of thoughts on that new captain america reveal like where you think it might go um Well, I agree with this suit looks shit, but I think they do it on purpose because they're. I think they're either using the same suit as Captain America, or they try to. That's a different suit. Show that this guy is like bulky, but he's not. I almost feel like I feel like 
I don't know. I don't know what, where they're going with it. I can't remember if he kind of looks like that in the comics as well. I'm sure I've got a comic book with Agent. Is it Agent X? Uh, I'm curious to know if he's going to be. If he, I, I feel like he could go a couple ways. So I, I want to know if he's just going to be like, if they're going to say, oh yeah, we just need a face behind the name, and if he's just going to be like a puppet and not actually do anything. I think it could be, you know, in Captain America where he said, we don't need you to fight wars, we need you to sell um, like bonds and shit. I think yeah. it could be something like that. Because obviously yeah. in the trailer you see him going like to parades and stuff. I think it could be like a propaganda sort of thing. It almost it almost mimics what they did in Agents of Shield, really. If you think. About oh yeah, it. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah, what it, yeah. that's what it reminded me of. If I'm honest, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, because Glenn, for context, that there's a director of Shield at some point that he he is a meta. He claims to be a meta human and he has super strength, but really he's injecting himself with stuff. Mm, okay. And he wears a bulky suit. He is a big man, but he's not mm. as big as the suit suggests he is. Yeah. He and saved someone what... by accident. Uh, yeah. in, during Civil War times, I think it was Civil War. Yeah, and then he got a picture taken and then he got yeah. loads of like heroic accolade for it. So uh, um, I can't remember either. But um I think I think he'll be a secret agent of some kind. Mm. But I don't think he's gonna be a meta human. I just think They'll think more of him than he is, probably. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, Captain America's got, like, super strength and super speed and stuff. So, like, presumably this 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 kind of racist-looking guy ain't going to, um, you know... But then he, have, have but he, might have the, he might have the technology. If they're stealing Stark technology, they might have the technology to make him run faster or make him super strong with just the suit, I guess. And sure. it's, a puppet, it's a government puppet, isn't it? So whatever the government wants this guy will probably do. He won't mm. be like Captain America where Captain America will do what yeah. he thinks is right. Chris, so, I like how you said that. Government puppet. Yeah, I like, I like that. So, this will be called to a joke, mate. Just putting out of it. <laughs> so, I mean, we've we've only got five episodes left, which seems like really, like, not a lot. But you have to I feel like there's a the lot rest... to... Well, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot to cover in mm. in, in less than five hours of, of footage. Like, where... Where do you see this series going? And do you, and, and the second part of that question, do you see it being of much consequence to the MCU moving forward? Um, I would say, where do I see the series going? I think, well, obviously, Bucky and Sam are going to meet up. Um, I think the thing is going to be like Sam, because obviously at the end of the episode, we see Sam see the supposed leader of these Flag Smashers, and he seems to have like super power, super strength, super whatever. So I think he's going to call up Bucky and be like, do you know this guy from your time with Hydra? Because And then obviously they meet up and they try and find out the root of all that. That's going to lead us to Zemo somehow, blah, 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 blah. Um, along with that, I think there's going to be like Sam uh, discovering or seeing this other Captain America guy, uh, him being a fraud or whatever, whatever, or someone who doesn't deserve to be hold the mantle of Captain America. And how it will lead, go for the MCU, I, I would imagine that Sam will end up as the new Captain America. Because I think it would be weird if you went down this, even the path they've shown already, if you went down it and he doesn't end up being Captain America at the end, I think that would be like, uh, like that would make the story have no, have no point to the end of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's, what I think, I think going forward in the MCU, Sam will be our Captain America. I'm curious to know if he'll just be like a regular human or if they're going to give him some sort of super something. Cause I don't think he can just be <laughs> regular dude with wings and and then that's it. That's but anyway. Well, agree with that, Chris. What was the last part? I didn't quite catch the last part. I, was um, I said. After. Which bit? Sorry. 
So Obi was basically saying he thinks Sam will be Captain America, but isn't sure if he'll be oh, yeah, given yeah. like super. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought, I thought that's what you said. It just went a bit funny. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think um, I think Sam will will dawn will dawn the shield at some point, but because I don't think I don't think personally the Winter Soldier has any want for the shield, and I no. think deep down Sam kind of wants the shield, but he's just just trying to be a bit more like I think. Sam being a bit more political about it in the sense that it would be great to hold the shield, but no one can do the job as well as him. So there's no point in trying to do that job. Yeah. So I think eventually Sam will learn that he can dawn the shield and be the Falcon. So he's almost like a a mesh of them both, like a Captain America Falcon character. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if, if we've now got this like false prophet Captain America, if, Mm. By the end of it, like the idea of Captain America, the symbol will not be a thing anymore. Um, and whether like the shield is just the shield, and like yeah, Sam will have the shield. But, but whether... in, in in this today, in today, in today's world of this Marvel Cinematic Universe, does the shield mean as much as it did back when the war was happening in Captain America One? I'm not so sure it does, because I yeah. think I think their reputations were tarnished somewhat by the Sokovia Accords and obviously what happened where he was protecting the Winter Soldier. I think the man matters more than the shield. I think people will look more up to, regardless of the shield, people look up to Captain America. People love Captain America. The shield doesn't, the shield's secondary. It's the man, it's the man, it's the man, it's Steve Rogers. Yeah, I think back in the day it might have been the shield, but now it's not so much the shield, yeah. That's why I think, that's why I almost feel like Falcon was a bit stupid to let go of the shield. Like, well, I think. Well, I, I assume he thought they. Oh, yeah. Let's honor Steve and Steve's memory by cap uh, by um him and whatnot. Yeah. By, yeah, by memorializing this his his weapon because <laughs> well, he was naive to fucking think that they were just gonna leave that by by it's vibranium. So like, do you know what I mean that's worth whatever, however, however much. Yeah, like. I was just about to say another another bit of Stark technical stuff. <laughs> Bruv, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's like a billion pounds worth of vibranium just cotching around in government kind of fucking hold up. Yeah, man. <laughs> Get back to Black Panther, innit? Well, oh well, or or the people Black Panther's world. Yeah, I, I I do struggle to see where this is gonna have any kind of kind of um, standing in the MCU, other than to just be like, eh, these two characters had a couple of comedic moments in Civil War, so let's give them a series. I don't know. I'm being very cynical, but I, you know, I'm being open-minded. The action scene at the beginning was really, really good. Like evoked. Um, Point Break for me, which is uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze film with an aerial sort of battle. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'll still watch it, but I just don't know if it's going to be as important for the future of the MCU as One Division appears to be. Oh, and I'm just putting it out there. I know I said it in the WhatsApp, uh, and I agree with you. I don't think it'll be as important, but they might lead to a bigger villain at the very very end, which might lead to another film. But I just wanted to put a point across that I put in the WhatsApp. I I don't get how fast Sam can fly and it really bugs me a little bit ever since I've been thinking about it he has a little booster though doesn't he fly as fast as a plane which is going how many miles an hour that he can't catch up to some geezers in some flying suits (laughs) there's no propulsion whatsoever (coughs) yeah it was just oh. one little qualm. I just noticed it, and I was thinking, because I, I was thinking, like, he obviously jumped out of a helicopter or whatever he jumped out of, and I was like, man, this guy is going fast through the sky. But they all do, don't they? 
But yeah, it was just funny. I was going to say um, a couple of things. Um, how do you guys feel about uh, you know Bucky spending time with uh, the old man who whose son he killed and all that that whole storyline? I sort of I, I like it in the sense of like you know Wanda was going through grief um, with the loss of Vision. Bucky's clearly going through like regret um, or some sort of like PTSD. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think, you know, trying to make amends, yeah, cool. Do I want to see too much more of that? Not really. No. Um, I'm I, curious to see if he ever reveals to this geezer that he killed his son. Though. Probably. But do you know what really is pissing me off? That girl was doing my nutting. I was like, girl, give the guy a break. You can see he's like stressing out about it. Like, stop asking <laughs> questions, man. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Here, when, he, when he was saying, when she was asking questions and he was like, yeah, I'm 106. Did she think he was being sarcastic? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Because I wasn't sure if people know who Bucky is, like, <laughs> or not. No, I don't do. think so. Okay, and if not. they did know him, they probably know him with the with the mask and the the, the eye makeup and all that shit he had on. Yeah, so yeah. Un- unrecognizable. But I also say it caught me off guard when they did the little Winter Soldier throwback because I thought that was I was thinking, oh, this this can't be. But I thought it was like a new fake Winter Soldier kind of thing. And then obviously he was like, yeah, all oh, that Hell Hydra, and, like, and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's <I'm>, actually Bucky. <laughs> I thought that was present. I thought yeah. maybe he'd gone rogue again or something. But um, so, yeah. Oh, I know you were right. That that UFC fighter George Saint Pierre, he was in Captain America: Civil War. But I don't know. I don't recognize him from it. But he just has him on IMDb. Um, fair enough. Um, I was also going to say, did you guys notice that um, on I had to pause it to see, but on um, Bucky's list, it had Zemo on it. Yeah. No. I did try and I just try and get my eagle eyes out, but no. I kept pausing at parts because whenever there's writing on the screen, I'm yeah. never know it's gonna be something now. Same, they do same. it so fast. Like, what was it? Was it, it a was text- in the museum? Wasn't it? There was like um, there was bare writing. I, I paused so I could read yeah. all of it. <laughs> but like, there was another scene. I think there was like a text message at the very first scene we see Bucky or something. I was trying to read it, and it was—it just went so fast. I was like, "My gosh, how fast do you have to be able to read to see this stuff, man? Allow it." <laughs> but... I, I do, I do think we've got five episodes left. We've, you know, we know from trailers that Emily Van Camp's going to come back as Sharon Carter. Is that her name, Sharon Carter? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then Zemo. Then also you've got the Flag Smashers, and I don't know if there's going to be any more of this LAF or LFA, whatever the acronym is. But I feel like that is a lot to cover and wrap up like i, I don't know did um, they have to wrap it up though what if it what if they true. turn this into a two series thing or three series thing what if they what if they no longer become actors in the films and they become the series people true that's true and like i would imagine well i would think that zemo zemo and the flag smashers is going to interlink somehow like he's going to be providing people with because I, I well his thing was like um his whole thing is like uh, in the trailer, we shouldn't have superheroes anymore, or something like that. So I'm wondering if he means that we should kill all the like the current superheroes, or if he means like everyone should have superpowers, so everyone's equal. Ah, so I'm curious to know because maybe they've just they've got another super soldier serum and they're just gonna give it to everybody or something like that. True. I feel like um, smashing a flag, like a flag isn't brittle enough to be smashed unless you froze it. So you know, being called flag smashers is sort of redundant. Like flag, flag burners, maybe rippers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Do you so. guys think we'll get any um any cameos in this? I know we got Don Cheadle in this. Not that I really care, but that is not a cameo. <laughs> that is a charisma vacuum. 
<laughs> but like, do you think we'll get any? Think we'll get anybody? Um, no. no. Who would realistically be in it? Uh, Steve. No. Vision. Oh, no. it, man. Maybe Kobe <laughs> Smolders. I don't know. Is she still yeah. alive? Yeah. That's a good shout. Mm. Maybe I'll tell you what. Every... Oh, you gone, Karen? I was just gonna say, maybe at the end of every MCU series, there'll be a scroll and be like, "Hey, Nick Fury wants to see you upstairs." <laughs> that will get boring. That will get boring. I'm just being silly. What, what are you gonna say, Chris? Sorry. I was gonna say, so like you know, I was saying earlier about like it being two series potentially, or or they're continuing it as a series. Would hmm. you, if you knew beforehand that this was gonna be like a two series thing, would that annoy you knowing beforehand? No, no. I think they've already renewed Loki for a season two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just saw that. It really frustrated me because it, it, like, almost won that element of surprise. Like, because now I know there's going to be some sort of continuation at the end of it. I think with things like Loki, though, like all I know about the Loki series is that it's possibly in a tangential timeline. We don't know, um, or I presume. And it's also about the Time Authority Agency or whatever it's called. So to me, there's quite a lot of scope with that. Um, mm. Whereas I think WandaVision was very sort of like contained. And mm. if you knew there was going to be a season two of WandaVision, you might be like, oh, OK, well, this isn't going to wrap up. But something like even the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you can just get them off doing side missions all over the place. So yeah. I don't it's mind too much. Kind of yeah. And with these MCU series to be honest i i don't really care what they do with them like i will watch them they can just explore different sides of things as long as it doesn't you know um you know and then they can come in and out of the main films like i actually but, i have no problem with that at all so glenn did you watch all the marvel uh netflix series um i no so i watched the first two seasons of daredevil the first season that's fine. fine but my point was going to be like if Marvel renew these series, will you then go back and rewatch the old series and then this series because Marvel Disney have now taken it over? No. If they you become, no. they become, if no, they become Obi, canon, Obi, then I probably would. Obi, you've already seen them, so you don't need to rewatch them. But even continue, still, no, I haven't watched. Would, I haven't watched season two of Jessica Jones, for example. I wouldn't go you, back and watch. I've seen three. Knew that, if you knew they were going to be in the bigger MCU world, like in the films later on, and they'd brought out another series, you wouldn't go, You wouldn't watch that series. No, because I imagine that I think Disney would do it in a way where you don't have to watch the previous ones. Okay, interesting, interesting. Any Glenn? more? Um, I uh, yeah. If they were going to do like Iron Fist season three and it was going to have the same actor and everything, I'd be like, okay, I'll watch Iron Fist season two. Um, would you? Yeah, I think Fair I would. Enough. If it was going to be like direct continuation, if they were just going to have those characters hey, with the same actors in the show hey, but cliffhanger as well they did yeah yeah but I, I don't see disney doing that because most of those shows were 15 or 18 rated and they're not going to make them that violent for disney plus yeah well it's really isn't there talks of them doing a punisher series is there i thought they were that's trying the to series win. i at least want to see fucking hell yeah, and <laughs> oh and also have you seen um so I just went on. I went on Wiki now to just double check about the Falcon and Winter Soldier having a series. You know, there's a, a apparently an an untitled Wakanda series coming uh, in in the works. Yeah, they announced that. I think was it last month or January, maybe. Oh, was it? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Um, Ryan cool. Cougar is going to be, and its production company is going to be behind it. Yeah, sounds really I good. To be fair. See this. Yeah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I was going to say as well. I like the like little um, the little bits of like um subtext of like um like history of like kind of like racism and uh, yeah. in America kind of thing. Obviously, you get it like with the. Um, the 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 notion that the government don't want a black man to be Captain America, otherwise they would have said to the Sam, "Yeah, keep the shield," kind of thing. Um, and yeah. also, I think right at the beginning of the episode, um, when they were talking about the flag smashers, what was it? I think Sam said something something on the lines of, "Oh, whenever people want to uh, get a better life for themselves, it always means being worse for other people." Something like that. I'm I'm messing it up, but it was something yeah, it's like, like what what in one group profits, another group and everybody yeah, suffers. Capitalism. Um, Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I think that on like a broader yeah. kind of political point, like Russell Brand has come out and said, you know, the idea of countries is just completely arbitrary. You know, we we humans have just drawn yep. crude lines across all the landmass. I mean, if you you know, particularly Africa, like the Europeans yep. fucked that place up, Africa, right? Africa, Asia as well. They were just sort of like, hmm, let's just put squares. You know, mm. it doesn't matter what tribe we're splitting in half you know it's we'll just do this nice line and and you know boundaries change all the time so i think that is is quite a interesting wider kind of political um standpoint which yeah is, is interesting be careful when you listen too much to russell brown he says a lot of words mate oh yeah I, i'm not saying like i, I just rem- i just saw an interview and he said something similar so i'm not like you know russell brand for pm oh, or anything <laughs> but um i did find that quite interesting actually you talking about like the the lines of the of countries and everything but like when they like how they're still doing these covert missions five years after a, or, or like you would have thought with the blip happening that military standpoints wouldn't be so high priority yet after the blip it's all gone back to normal the lines of countries how he was like to sam you can't cross this borderline and stuff like that mm. I just thought it was kind of. I suppose it would have all gone back to normal because everyone's got their jobs back, but it's just kind of interesting to think like that. I thought they might have been brought a pro- brought among among man during a five year blip, but on the, on the subject, this is like a random question, but would you watch a series not focused on any of the heroes, but just on like normal people who have come back from the blip, like more of like a drama series about you know? Would you watch something like that? No. no, I, I, well, I'm a sucker for a drama. So, it on obviously the blip stuff. It depends on what's going on. If they if they brought out a series, I definitely give it a try. Uh, just, I, I just think it's interesting. Like they make a point a couple of times in this episode of like billions of people just came back, and like they, there's five years of no financial history and five That's years of stupid man. That's bare stupid. Like no banks. Like, man. No. How do you? This is, but this is the thing. So you could be, you could be just someone who was. You can't tell who was and wasn't blipped. That's probably. That's very like, true. That's what I assume anyway. Yeah. Right. Any uh, any final thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier before we move on? Then can you actually hear Obi, or is it is it just me? No, it's, it's cutting out quite a lot, mate. Okay. Obi. One two one two. We've lost him. He's blipped. 
Obi has blipped. Well, we'll see him in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Obi, if you can hear us, do you want to like drop out and rejoin? Well, well, I, well, I, I might have the same opinion of Obi, but I'm I'm looking forward to the second episode. I think it's got promised to be better than this one, in my opinion. Uh, actually, probably not the same as Obi because you and Obi quite liked this episode. Well, so did I, but I don't think I liked it as much as you two. Um, but I, I, I look. Well, did mine just get funny then as well? Got a bit of an echo. Oh, why? Oh, I think Obi was changing mics. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I think it's got a lot of promise, and um, and I, I feel like Sam and Bucky have got to meet up in fairly soon episodes. But then I was wrong about a lot of things about One Division, so. Who knows? I can't imagine this series is going to be too theory heavy. Or at least if I see any theories on Twitter, I'm going to completely ignore them because <laughs> I got mugged over so much with uh, with WandaVision. Um, about about episode seven, I said I'm, I'm sure they're, they're, ho- they're joking with us about the big fucking Luke Skywalker cameo. I'm sure, I'm sure that was said by either me or one of us. I'm still getting over it. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> um, okay, I think Obi is changing mics, so I don't want to move on to Justice League quite yet. Just, um, just in case he's got any final thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but I mean, so we got the release date for the Loki series, which is in June. So, uh, I, for some reason, I thought it was like immediately after this. It seems strange that there'd be a week in between One Division and Falcon and Winter Soldier, but then at least like two months between um, Winter Soldier and Loki. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just. I think they did rearrange the scheduling of One Division, didn't they? I think we were talking about last week. It's meant to be later in the year by quite a bit. So what we've got one, two, three, four, five weeks of more of Winter Soldier. So it finishes on the twenty third of April. Okay, and then yeah, then I think it's like the seventeenth or something of June. Is uh... damn. Well, Wednesday, a Thursday. Oh, it will yeah. be a Friday, I presume. So yeah. Eight... oh, it's eighteenth of June then. Eighteenth of June. Can you guys hear me, all right? Or is it still yeah. cracking up? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Welcome back from the blip. Yeah. Sorry. Um, where did you get to? Um, we were just uh, final thoughts on on Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, Chris said he's looking forward to the second episode and uh, imagines that Bucky and Sam will meet up soon. But we were talking, but we don't think there'll be too many like theories around this series. Um, I agree. Uh, I was just going to say that um, I would assume that this is going to be like the least. I re- reckon because we only got six episodes, I would assume that the other five are going to be like a lot more action packed and a lot more like a lot of meat in it kind of thing. Um, you would think anyway of six episodes and also I just want to say I appreciate the fact that these episodes are 40 something minutes long unlike one division first view in it in it <laughs> yeah I agree I did I did skip forward anticipating a post-credit sequence but I will do that every week just in case <laughs> the, end, the end credits were pretty cool though just like looking at just like to visually to look at I thought they were pretty pretty cool Right, from we'll pivot now from MCU to DCEU um, with the hotly anticipated fan campaigned Restore the Snyderverse, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the 
four hour, two minute, or if you're watching the UK, three hours, 52, because apparently the play system that we use for TV is 1.04 times normal rate. So that explains why on Now TV it is 10 minutes shorter than we would anticipate. So we haven't lost any footage. Thank you to uh, Screen Rant for explaining that. To yeah, I was panicking us. a bit. Yeah, on. I literally saw it and I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to. So what the end credit scenes or the end credits are, are quicker in the UK? No, no, the whole the whole thing is played at 1.04 speed. Why? So that's just the way that the transmission, I don't get it, but it's how. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably not, it's obviously not noticeable. So. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Can you imagine how slow the slow-mo would have been in this fucking film if it was played at normal speed? <laughs> oh, but... mate, in that stick, I allow it, man. <laughs> I'll bang that drum. I'm, um, I'm just saying, I can't believe this was meant to be the one of three, this film. Mate, yeah, I know. I'll watch all three. I mean... The uh... best... I'll tell you now, there was <laughs> uproar if there is not a second film brought out. Uproar. How, how do you guys want to play this? Should we just float around with the different things that come Start up? The beginning, well, I was going to say... Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on, go on okay. Sorry. Start at the beginning. Dan, what were you going to say? Go on. I was just going to say, I think we should give like overall thoughts and then we can go into like the positives and negatives and maybe comparison to 2017. Do, do, do we also know, um, like, I think that's a good idea. Do we also know what the, what the differences are? Like, do we have them written down what the actual differences are? I mean, I think, I think we'll, I don't have them written down per se, but I think we will be able to between us. We'll, yeah. we'll think, oh yeah, that was extended. That was slightly different. That was included. Yeah. Um. I think. Well, okay. Well, Chris, um, you go first. Tell us your thoughts on this one. Uh, comparing it to the 2017 version, and then Obi, and then I'll I'll go. God, you're gonna hate on me, you guys. But um, I oh, don't I'm... say 2017 better. No, 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 no. Oh, I was gonna say, I, Chris, mate, you're gonna be hard work. I mean, 2017's one was way more humorous, but that's not the point of this film. Yeah. Um. I I like this film better um it's at least a once if you're going to give it a score higher it's at least one score higher but i i think i had the previous one at a seven so this would probably be an eight eight point five mm. maybe a bit more i don't know it, it was a bit of a mind boggle at the end of the film where i stood with it um but i did think it was a lot better um the story is more coherent um we knew more about the characters which was was one nicer and two like we wanted that. I feel like people wanted to know more about these characters. If you're not going to get a film about them, you want to know about them. Mm. Um, I feel... Um... Oh, shit. What was I going to say? I feel like having a story within a story was better explained in this one, Like, i.e. the mother boxes, i.e. Uh, ugly monster guy, i.e. <laughs> dark guide. What's his character? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. That's the one. God. Um... I'll be honest, though, lads. Martian Manhunter was proper pointless, but we can talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just thought, and, and the Nightmare World, awesome. Wish wish we had more, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. I do have to say, though, four hours, maybe not necessary. Well, uh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of scenes that actually could have been probably cut out. I was saying to um to yeah. Yeah. I was saying to Joe this morning that in this four hours there's a really really good like two hour forty five minute movie movie I yeah hundred percent and this is and this is what gets me right I think to myself how many reshoots did this guy do for this this cut of the film 
Because one. But that's bullshit. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. What Zack have... Snyder? You mean? Yeah. I think. Well, I know he added the bit at the end with Joker. Um, yeah. And then over than that, I'm pretty sure there was a, there was like one or two scenes with Batman that he added in because Ben Affleck well, looks probably... noticeably different. They had the footage of this film and they decided not to run with it and they decided to get Josh Wedding in to do his little bits and pieces. I don't. Yeah. What? Yeah, so my understanding is that, is that aside from the nightmare sequence at the end, pretty much everything else was shot, but just the CGI wasn't finished. Mm. Um, and the score, I think, wasn't quite complete. But Joss Whedon essentially did Sorry, quite a lot of score? reshoots. What do you mean by uh, like the, mu- the music? The music, the background the, music. Cool. Yeah. Um, so like the... <laughs> um, which is my attempt at the Wonder Woman theme. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Joss Wedding did quite a lot of reshoots. And, and I think one of the most particular ones that I keep seeing on Twitter is um, a shot from when Diana is standing in front of Bruce's oh, yeah. aeroplane. And yeah, yeah. Joss Wedding's version is the camera's <laughs> right behind Gal Gadot's ass. Yeah. And uh, Zack Schneider doesn't quite objectify her in that way. Yeah. Um, although people saying that he doesn't objectify women when have you seen that film Sucker Punch? Anyway, no. um, oh my gosh, oh, I've seen it. <laughs> that's basically like three schoolgirls in school uniforms fighting people. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he might have changed. That film came out ten years ago, but whatever. Um, <laughs> just you know. Man, for, I'll tell you what. For all the all the, the stick I gave him on the previous films, this is Miles' better film from mm. Zack Schneider. Just saying. Yeah. But, I, slightly um, I slightly disagree with that, but... Uh. I think, so, yeah, I think for the most part, most of this was already filmed. It was just sort of, like, touched up a bit. Um, Obi, th- general thoughts? So, general thoughts, um, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Chris said. Um, I think this is definitely a better film than the 2017 version. I like both versions. I like this one better. Um, I think it works. I, I think the four-hour thing that works, I don't think it really... It drags, really. Um, personally, I don't think anyway. Um, but like I said, I think there's a good. You could chop a few things out, and there's a really good two-hour, forty-five-minute movie there. Um, I thought them adding in the st- add filling in bits that we didn't know before is just so cr- things that are probably quite pretty crucial to what's going on. You know, that all the, all the cyborg stuff, uh, the Steppenwolf, why he's here, all that stuff. You know, leading that into Dark Side, giving us a little hint of Dark Side. All that was really good. Um, there are a few things actually in the the 2017 version that just a couple lines here and there that I wish they'd kept in or wish that were, were integrated in. But I get that this is all Zack Snyder stuff that he filmed. Apparently he hasn't seen the 2017 version. So he's just using everything that he's filmed. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just started watching it again before uh, this morning. Right. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and watch it in. I'm going to see how it works watching it in parts, like part one, part two, um, see if yeah. that actually if that actually works as a, as opposed to watching it in one go. Um, out, of, out of curiosity, what lines in particular do you wish were kept? So there was a couple. So like, so for example, um, so there's a couple off the top of my head. The ones I can think of is there was a bit with, um, in the 2017 version with flash when he wasn't feeling, he was like, oh, I've never actually really saved anyone. I'm just like, I just run, push people and run away kind of thing. And Batman's just like, just save one person. And then, go from there kind of thing i think that they cut that out of the, that's oh, yeah. not in this version he, he commanded to action a lot faster in yeah. This one. Yeah, yeah yeah i think that was a good little character arc for for flash i thought um uh the another one was when superman's attacking the justice league and um they cut out the bit of him like attacking batman gripping him by the jaw 
and um, he says, like, do you bleed? I thought that was a really cool moment, personally, because yeah, it obviously that... calls back to BBS. Um, but yeah, they cut, that's not in this version, unfortunately. Um, and I then... Thought, I think, yeah, gone. Gone character, yeah, oh, so the, the last bit that I was going to say was um, uh, Steppenwolf, when they faced him for the first time in like the little water, uh, the harbour bit, um, Steppenwolf says to his like, Diana, oh, in, the 17, in, in this version he says, oh, you have the blood of the old gods in you, and then that's it. In the 2017 version, he says, you have the blood of the old gods in you. The old gods died. Like, I thought that was actually like a really sick line in 2017, but obviously that wasn't in this one. So just little things here and there, which I thought was a nice little touch. If you put those in, I would have been quite happy. But, you know, I take, take the good with the bad, you know. Yeah, I suppose like with this, the Flash one, I, I suppose they, they wanted to show the urgency of speed, I guess. But I do I do agree with you that his that did add to him a little bit, didn't it? Mm. But I suppose they replaced it almost with the fact that he saved that woman. Iris, Iris. Is that Iris? It is yeah. Iris, yeah. How do we know it's Iris? Because she's Iris. <laughs> yeah, she was cast as Iris. Oh, right, okay. Um, that's I probably, thought that seems really good, by the way. I, I, I mean, when I was watching the film, I thought it was Iris, but then I thought to myself, this would mu- this must mean they're doing a different story to what... I suppose the Flash did a different... A Flash TV series did a different story to what we, what the comics yeah, did. I, I don't guess. think the TV show is the... Um, I think they did. They remixed it for the TV show. Yeah, they know. did a little bit, didn't they? Yeah. I think that I, I I didn't mind that scene, but I I did think that was one of the scenes that could have been cut, and you would have not lost anything because she doesn't she doesn't appear in any of the f- future scenes. Um, I don't know if she's going to appear in the Flash film. Um, I think she is. I think I'm pretty sure she. They confirmed that she will be in it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even if she is, like that's the sort of thing you could quickly flash back to in the Flash film. Like, so my thoughts on this film. I mean, I know I've not been a huge fan of the DCEU films in general. But I remember being more positive on the Justice League than I thought I would be. Mm. Not that I thought it was a good film per se, but this film, the Zack Snyder version, is substantially better. Really? In my opinion. Yeah, it was, okay, yeah. I mean, it's quite a low bar, but I do think this is by far the best film in the DCEU. And that is probably... There's a, there's a recency bias tax on that. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm admitting that but I thought the four hours flew by admittedly didn't necessarily watch it all at once but I wasn't it wasn't like I paused it and I was like oh still got like four hours to go um I paused it and was like oh man there's only an hour and 30 minutes left <laughs> yeah I think everything they um fleshed out with Cyborg was great um you know really I mean he was so central to the actual really plot was. of Justice League that mm. You know, it's mad that they cut so much of it out. Um, you see why he was so angry? Well, obviously he didn't say he was angry that he got cut out, but you can see why he clearly had a really wanted this film to come out because yeah, you know, they cut him out pretty much completely. I think um, just the sort of the, the slight reordering of some of the scenes. Um, so I think in the 2017 version, we begin with the um, bat, the old gods battle, um, where. They say, like, you know, there are no lanterns anymore and things like that. I'm pretty sure that was the opening scene of 2017 version. I don't think it was. Oh, am I wrong? Oh, okay. I don't think it was. I think the opening the opening scene of 2017 version was the Superman, the kid with the camera saying, what do you like about humans or what do you like about Earth or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, okay. Fair oh, yeah. Hit that scene. Thank God All they right. got that. Mm. I'm wrong then. But but anyway, the, that, that scene in, in this version is longer and a lot better. Mm. Um, By the but, way, was that Hercules? I think Zeus. it was Zeus, I think. Was it Zeus? 
Yeah. It looked like Gerard Butler from 300. It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I did think, I was like, oh my God, it's Gerard Butler. It's the Snyderverse. Um, but um, I think the way this film opens, so it basically leads immediately on from the end of Batman versus Superman. So Superman's cry sort of reinvigorates two of the mother boxes and you see it. That's a way that we are introduced then to the rest of the Justice League. You know, you, you see basically Cyborg mother box sort of rumbles and and he can hear the scream and then same with um uh aquaman and um you know them on themiscira so i liked the way that they did that um so i think it was really good um it also leads to like um in batman v superman it's kind of when lex Luthor says like the bell's already been rung so like the bell's like superman's cry dying cry kind of thing so now people know that you know it's safe to come out because superman ain't gonna kill us yeah um so yeah i mean so basically that the extra two hour footage just comes from fleshing out most of cyborg and, and the flash and you know we get a bit more of themiscira we get a bit more of everything um and then like the added scenes i guess is you know flash and iris which i think you could cut i think this film he has in my opinion just reinstated everything rather than thinking like you said yeah, Obi, yeah you know yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I can cut it out a bit more. Like, yeah. he, like a lot of there were certain scenes where I was like, you could cut that and you still get the same point. So there's a, there's a, a scene where um, after Silas Stone has been caught by Steppenwolf, um, and then he goes into quarantine with the army, and then there's like a, a scene where the, some army guys like, oh, you can go now, and then he goes back to Star Labs with the with his um, assistant, and and the assistant goes, oh, you're out of quarantine now, and he's like, yeah. I was like, well, that both of those scenes serve the exact same purpose, so you, you could have cut one of them. <laughs> also, and, yeah, go on, Karen. No, and there's just like little other kind of moments like that where it's sort of like, do we need this? Is that necessary? Um, I almost feel like the three scenes of Steppenwolf building his layer weren't really necessary either. Like they they po- they they add the point that Steppenwolf has betrayed Darkseid in some way, but. I actually don't think they tell us how. No, they don't say. And I'm just like, there was absolute no need for this part because I like those scenes though, personally. I, I'm not saying I don't like them, but like they're, they're parts where they probably could have been cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, also like the fact that they they completely changed the narrative of that whole area, didn't they? They said it was um, a Top place where no, radioactive. Yeah, or yet previously we saw Flash save a family in a car while Superman's able to block a flat. I'm glad they then, got rid of that bit to be fair. And, and there was a whole scene wasn't there with that we, we were questioning it that with that family mm. in the middle of the whole thing happening like mm. that meant absolutely nothing to the plot in my opinion they got rid of that which I was so happy about mm. yeah uh, there's also the the parademons so in the 2017 version they smell fear and then they end up um, turning on Steppenwolf when he gets scared and helping destroy Steppenwolf whereas that yes, doesn't happen in this one. Um, <laughs> the way they killed Steppenwolf in this is by far better. <laughs> I thought that was sick, far. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot bloodier. Um, yeah. I also the thought... Epic, man. Honestly, that was epic. It was great. I, I did think that was actually the weakest part of the film. Oh, it really? Was, it was too CGI heavy for me. I actually, strangely, yeah, preferred you, all you, of the kind of character you guys, development. You guys hate CGI. I don't. No, no, no. Not me. I don't mind CGI. CGI's calm. I, sh- I just need to look good. Yeah. 
to me it, that was like the the like the dark like the in terms of light the darkest part and just full of cgi and just people throwing shit at each other like i mean it wasn't bad it was better than the 2017 version but for me i actually enjoyed all of the character building more probably because i don't actually know any of these characters very well like yeah. we haven't had the, the Wait, benefit I'm, of... I'm i'm very confused what do you mean character what in that moment was character building no 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 like the rest of it oh, the rest right. of the film so for example cyborg and his the crash and and how he's got a fraught relationship with his father um and even just like you know the flash i mean i'm not huge on ezra miller as, as flash i think you know he is there for comic relief fine but i preferred him all, in this than the other ones all of that was just a lot more interesting to me uh, probably because we haven't had the benefit of you know, two Iron Men's, you know, two Thors, you know, all of those things that the MCU have done to introduce us to these characters. Um, da- uh, Justice League have had to basically do all of it in one mm. film, um, which I think they do quite well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, the biggest compliment I can pay is that I would watch the sequels. I think this anti-life equation, whilst I still don't quite know what it means, but it's it's an interesting subplot that they just completely excised from the 2017 version. Yeah. Um, it's an epic, epic it's an epic comic, comic story, but it's a long one as well. I thought the bit the when they um any fit any like mention of that and you're like I think they they did well to not they kind of like tell you what it what it is sort of, but they don't like go into it in depth because you don't need to because it's not really part of this film. I think. Like you say, going like it's a good thing. We're like, oh, okay, I'm interested in this anti-life equation thing now. So hopefully, if another one comes out, we can go a bit more into it. And you know, and then obviously you have the bit where um, all the all the nightmare stuff you you assume is like a subsequent uh, consequence of the anti-life equation. The bit with which I thought was really cool with um, when Cyborg seems to see into the future. Maybe I don't really know. Is he seen into the future um, when he sees Wonder Woman dead and Aquaman dead and all sorts of like that? I thought that was, that he, was he, he'll he I think he almost sees the the the, the nightmare world doesn't he yeah yeah and yeah I think so the, that's the, when he when he um goes into the unity doesn't he when the mother boxes join yeah. he he can communicate with it and sees what will happen if and they find yeah that that when flash reverses time and you see the the skin and bone going back onto the act the characters i thought that was sick that was cool yeah <laughs> and um, i think the I, thing I is I thought that was what was happening, but I, I, I was kind of like half like, is he going back in time or is he running so fast? I'd, obviously, he was going back in time, but like I, I was a bit like all over the shop with what was happening in that scene. But I liked. Pretty... Um, sorry, Chris. Sorry, I noticed it. That's gone. Um, I liked. Yeah, that scene I thought was really, really good, and even like how Barry was like kind of like trying to like g himself up to fucking actually start doing this. Oh, I have to break my rule. Blah 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 blah. And I like that they, well, you hope that in the Flash film they explore his his rule or whatever that that might be, like time changing time. The, speed, like the speed force, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like, um, oh crap, what was I going to say? Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I like that they actually gave Flash something to do in this final battle. Like he was very important to what was going on. Whereas I think in twenty seventeen version, you know, he just has to, you know save a couple people and that and it's just like and then you see superman saving a whole building for the people and it's just like you know it does bring it, superman back to life to be fair mate yeah 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 i mean at the end i'm talking about at, uh, right, yeah. the, the final battles i'm talking yeah, about yeah 
I think I think as well, like for all his comedic value, he he's meant to add. He was a bit more serious in this film. Like with obviously getting shot, was it once or twice he got shot and he had to like heal himself. Like he was just patiently being like, I need my body to heal. I need my body to heal fast and stuff like that. I think at the seriousness of his character was a, added a bit more to the darker tone of the film, which I thought was better. Yeah. And I think he's also quite like in parts he is also quite funny in this as well. I think mm. even the bit with um, when he's going to the audition for the dog dog walker's job and the bit with the hot dog and all that. I thought that I, I laughed. I'm not gonna lie. I, thought, uh, I found really that quite funny. annoying. To be did honest. you? I found that really yeah, funny. I, I did. I didn't appreciate that. I was I was like for ages. I was like, why is he looking at this fucking sausage? Why and why <laughs> is he not saving this woman's life? Like he was just staring, looking at her really weirdly. And I was like, okay, what's gonna happen here? And then. But yeah, but I did like the fact that his shoes ripped off his feet. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Running so fast that his shoes can't handle it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of about the Flash that I'm like, I don't really know. Like, how does he get his powers? And, and you know, because he just seems like a regular human that can just run really fucking fast. Whereas like Aquaman is like Atlant- half Atlantean and um, Wonder Woman's Amazonian and Cyborg is three quarters mother box. Like, what is the Flash's... Like, he- he had some liquids uh, around him and he got hit by a, li- a lightning bolt, which if the Flash comic book is... The Flash series is right, the lightning bolt is some extra-dimensional thing, isn't it, Obi, if I'm right? Oh, no, it's himself. I, I, yeah. it, was to, it was to do with... Uh, there's like a particle accelerator explosion or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, and liquids around yeah. him and then the thunderbolt yeah. hit at the same time yeah. whatnot. But then Some in the series, isn't in the series, isn't isn't he and doesn't he end up being the lightning bolt that turns him into Flash? I can't remember for the life of me. Maybe I have no idea. Yeah, it's just co- pure coincidence, Glenn. Pure coincidence that he got his powers. Oh, okay, fair enough. They dive into that a bit more in the seri- in the film. Um. So, what other other particular moments for improvements? I mean, for me, <laughs> I think every everything underwater in the Aquaman scenes was just looked better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I like the way it was shot. I really did. <laughs> those scenes. Say that again? Did you need all those scenes? No. Because um, well, no, if, if I'm correct, and let me know if I'm wrong, but William Defoe was not in the previous film, right? No. No, he's in Aquaman, but not in just... He wasn't in Justice his scenes just... They just weren't needed. Like, take up the mantle of Aquaman, like, okay but it, it also i think obi was saying on the group chat yesterday it just renders Aqu- a lot of aquaman like non nonsense because you yeah. know i'm pretty sure in aquaman mira who was not british in the last version um <laughs> yeah she's had british accent part way for i said that that's so oh, fucking dumb oh, yeah but the thing is i don't mind that because like we have to think we have to also think like this this was made before aquaman so it doesn't like Aquaman is based off of the 2017 version, like the bits of it anyway. Like it's not based off of this, so I can't, I don't, I don't knock it for that. Do you not think Amber Heard would have either said to James one, like, oh, actually in Snyder's version I was British, or to Snyder when she knew he was recutting it, be like, oh shit, I think the accident might be a problem. But it doesn't matter. Do you not Uh, think it's fair dumb that she's in the fucking nightmare world and she's going to be fired from this film? Well, I mean, there's people... Well, they'll, just re- they'll just recast her. Yeah, I mean, the rumour is Amelia Clark, which would bode well for the chemistry between uh, Jason Momoa and her, but, mm. like... Well, Jason Momoa's supposed to be dead. 
Yeah, in that nightmare world, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I, um, I want to see. I hope they do all that because I think that's going to be fucking interesting. Can I, can I, in the, at the, yeah, that would be quite interesting actually. But um, at the end of the film, am I right in thinking as well, Justice League with the Flash? Is that the same ending? Does he show his daddy's got a criminal job or does he say to his daddy's dad's free from prison? Or have no, I just no, made no. up? You made, I think you've made that up. <laughs> oh, I was genuinely convinced at the end of Justice League that he got his dad out of prison. but mate, no, uh, He gets a job in a crime lab in both of them, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, but yeah. did you notice the, 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 the change in the last scene? So in the previous scene, and I, and I read a bit about this because I was like, what's that in her hand? I didn't really couldn't tell. But when Bruce Wayne's obviously bought the bank and said, oh, this is your house again, blah, blah, blah. In the previous film, Lois Lane's carrying a box. Mm. In this film, she's carrying a baby basket. Mm. And he says, congratulations. Yeah, you see the pregnancy test, don't you? As yeah, well. yeah. Pregnancy early on in the film. So, yeah, that was a nice little touch. And someone was someone online. I, I mean, I haven't read a lot of the comics, but something to do with Super Sons or something and how... Superman's son becomes a Robin or something. Well, um, read up online or something or other. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, one of Zack Snyder's plans in Justice League Three was for Superman and Lois's son to become Batman after Bruce Wayne dies. I mean, that would be an interesting concept if there was a Superman Batman. Don't know why I'd need to dawn that ca- that cape, but cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I, 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 feel, I, I feel like. Um, Lois Lane and um, Martha Kent don't get anything extra to do in this film, really, apart from I think uh, Amy Adams gets coffee twice. But you know, I was like, wow, yeah. this this film is literally twice as long as the last one, and you have absolutely nothing else to do. Mm. <laughs> but like, I don't care about them in this film. Like, no offense to Martha Kent, but she like when the Martian Manhunter turns into her. Adds no value to me. That took me by surprise, though. Did it not take you guys by surprise? By surprise, but I was just like, why? Why? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't get that. I the world up. needs Lois Lane, man. Listen yeah, yeah. but the, I think the whole point of this film should be that Lois Lane is needed and she is pivotal, but we don't know she's pivotal until we're told she's pivotal. If that mm. that was a lot of gargle there, but like, if she's oh. not in this film, and she, but she's in the film in the points where Superman needs her the most, then later on we find out she's the key, then I find if she's in the film less this time round, it'll make it more significant when we see her in the next film. I disagree. I, I think I, I sort of agree. Always disagreeing with, with me, Obi. Always disagreeing <laughs> with me. Mate, you've got some problems, mate. We've got some issues to iron out here. What's going on? What's going on? To me, it wasn't clear that Lois was Batman's contingency plan for Superman. Like, they don't explicitly say that. She just sort of happens to be at the yeah, memorial. She wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah, no. Not in this version. In in the other version, she was because he says uh, uh, he says Alfred get the he says something and then Lois Lane arrives out of fucking nowhere. In this one, she's not. She just happens to be there. Oh, that's okay. What I, that's okay. what I gathered anyway. Because Batman yeah. told Alfred to say nothing. She, she was walking away from the scene and then she saw the big beam of light, didn't she? Yeah. And she come back. But I have to agree. Like, I don't know if I missed it or like missed having it in this film. But like when Batman's running to the scene and he's out of fucking breath. <laughs> yeah. Film was it? And I was Mate, like, he's like 50. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a shame, but... I was thinking that, though. Why is he bare late to everything? Like? It's because <laughs> he can't hurry up. He can't get there. In the, um, in the old gods fight, which somehow Darkseid didn't realise was on Earth, or forgot, um, what's... The, you know, you had the Atlanteans and the Athenians, or, uh, sorry, Amazonians, and the men. 
was the man King Arthur? I don't know. I'm pretty oh. sure it looked pretty like King Arthur to me. I was like, what is going on with this mythology? But, um, oh, okay. I was also going to say, like, when Cyborg flies, he has, a, like, a face shield. Mm. And uh, it looks very much like Iron Man. Yeah. I, ca- I can't help separating that. And the Flash, at some points, looks like Quicksilver. Mm. Or they look like each other. As in, like, the way it's, you know, the slow-mo kind of saving of people's shot. And I just can't separate that. But that's my problem. I don't, I don't, think, there's a, I don't think there's a massive problem with that, though. If it works in... If you think it looks good in, in X-Men, then... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it would look yeah. good in Justice League too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, Chris, you mentioned Martian Manhunter. Um, he appears twice. Um, you know, as Martha Kent at one point, and then right at the end <laughs> when Bruce Wayne is clearly fed up with metahumans, mm. he's just like, "What the fuck do you want?" They definitely um, added. They definitely added that in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's a nice cameo i guess but it's cool it's cool yeah i mean uh, my... I'll, be, I'll be honest with you yeah if someone a bit like i mean he's used to he's used to met humans he's used to aliens whatever yeah if someone comes up to you and they're like hi i'm i'm i want to be part of your group cool sweet oh by the way my name's martian manhunter yeah <laughs> i'll be like what the fuck why are you called a man hunter? Yeah. But it's like it might be a species, I guess, but like yeah. I'd be a bit I'd be a bit worried about someone saying that to me. I'm just saying. Is there a point where like obviously this film has sets itself up for sequels? The Zack Snyder has sort of said, Oh, they're not gonna happen and you know. I think, well, Warner Brothers said the Snyder Cut would never happen, so Never say never, but mm. if we don't get sequels, are you sort of disappointed, you know, that we've now got this better version of the Justice League and it sets up a lot of cool ideas for the future that a lot of people want to see, but we're not going to get them. You're sort of being teased something that's not going to happen. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I um, I suppose, am I, I, would I be disappointed? Yeah, but... I'm also content with what we got and I think I'm just happy that this version got to come out because obviously all the campaigning everyone did for it. All the money as well that people raised for like, you know, the suicide prevention, all that stuff, I think it all goes to a good cause. So I'm like, I'm happy to see this version because at least, you know, he got his vision to be, Zack Snyder got his vision like known by everybody who wanted to, who wanted to see it. But you have to think that at this point uh, money talks. So if, like people were talking on Twitter about HBO Go crashing in Brazil and whatnot, whatnot. So like, if this garners enough attention and enough viewership, then I, I uh, Warner Brothers will be dumb not to make a sequel. Like, and you think these people at the end of the day, all they want to do is make money. So, yeah. The thing yeah. is, though, if you think about it, Justice League cost them in excess of three hundred million dollars to make. Plus, they spent an extra seventy million, approximately, on finishing Schneider's cut. Uh, the original film made around $650 million, um, which probably didn't break even. Mm. So if you're Wait, Warner Brothers... How does that not break even? Because of marketing, marketing costs and, and, and distribution and stuff. Really? Fuck me. Yeah. I think it would have needed to make probably around $900 million or so probably to break even. But this film 
is going to have to make so much money for them to green light at least one of the two sequels. I mean, I I sort of think, you know, Zack Schneider could probably get away with doing both the sequels back to back. That would save mm. a bit of money. But you probably need at least 500 million for him to do both films. Mm. And yes, I think they would make a lot of money. But I don't know. Part of me just thinks, you know, on streaming services and, you know, how much of my £12 to Sky actually goes to HP, uh, to Warner Brothers and mm. all of that sort of thing. You know, it, is it really ever going to make enough money for them to think, right, we can do two more of these? Um, I think view, views will count as well. Like, how many times people view it yeah. as well, as well as yeah. money. Oh, do you not think, though, that he, he, he had a vision for free, but if they just went to him, look, I can only give you one more film because this has not got enough action. Surely he could be able to mesh two films into one, right? Yeah, well, you, well you've well, got to think in, in this supposed sequel that he would do, he's got to uh, introduce the anti-life equation, do the nightmare stuff, and then bring everything back to normal. So I reckon you could do that in like a regular time, yeah, film time. Yeah. Yeah. Give an hour and arc, not mm. too bad. I think he said the second film would have would have been a fight at, at in a, is it apocalypse? Apocalypse. Planet? Yeah. And then Dark Side would win, and then the third film would be a fight on Earth. So yeah, you might have to yeah yeah you might have to speed that up <laughs> if, you, if you're only getting one sequel <laughs> you could do what they did in infinity war and sort of be like hey he's already destroyed this planet <laughs> you know um but you could do it you could mesh it together so that when they're in the nightmare world he's he you could see the fight leading to him winning and then the nightmare world occurring and then then just quickly well i suppose i suppose it's got to be a long slog for them to fix the problem i guess mm. Oh, talking of Nightwear World, sorry, as as I've, I've, I've thrown on the topic, I liked this Joker's appearance a lot better, by the way. I really like liked it. it. I know Glenn but doesn't feel the not like his reach around comment. I thought it was so <laughs> unnecessary, so weird, and so out of place. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, that really jarred. Yeah, um, I, agree. I agree. I liked, but, the, I liked yeah. the whole, oh, we'll have a truce as long as you have this Joker card. Um, and as like soon the... as you were over, yeah. Yeah, and then Batman's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, I um, think the, ex- the exchange was just between them two, I thought was... And it annoys me that, like, we haven't gotten more of this in the films we've seen so far, because well, these two opposite it, each other are really good. Wasn't there, if there was another Ben Affleck film, it would have been Ben Affleck and the Joker? I don't know, to be fair. Um, I I, do know. Not, I, I'm not opposed to seeing... I, I don't know if I was previously, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm happy... To, I was, I've always said I'm happy to see the Robert Pattinson... Batman, but I really do want to see a Ben Affleck one. Me too. Yeah, because you've got the whole kind of Robin dying storyline. Yeah, but uh, well, that would be more of a prequel, and I think he's like a bit too old to do a prequel. Do you think you could? Do you think he could? Yeah, sorry. Do you think he could be convinced to come back? I think he could. I think he could, but it'd have to be a good storyline because for me, I think although Batman vs Superman here was wasn't the greatest film i don't know uh, I, d- I like it honestly i don't know what my previous film my previous opinions on the films were i can't remember that far back i know i didn't i know i slated man of steel when i first watched it upon mm. rewatching it it's been better mm. um i don't like suicide squad it's funny <laughs> much, but i don't like it uh batman vs superman the original cut was okay i don't remember thinking it was great i can't remember what uh, just off the top of my head i remember the extended cut being better Actually, yeah. probably 
that. And I think Wonder Woman, I don't know if that's another, no, it's not Zack Snyder anymore, is it? But like, I feel like Batman's kind of been done a bit dirty in these films, like, like in terms of Ben Affleck's like being able to perform mm. as Batman. Um, they've shown him to be quite weak and they've shown him to be quite, I guess naive is the word. When have they shown him to be weak? In the original Justice League, he gets thrown up against the wall by Aquaman. He gets battered and bruised. He he can't. He has to run to the scene. He's out of breath. He has no like resistance to Superman. Mm. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is like Batman. I think works so well when he's in his own franchise with villains who are also kind of not aliens from another world more grounded yeah Yeah. because batman you know i think there's still that line in this film when flash says what's your superpower and he goes i'm rich like Mm. he doesn't have super speed super strength um laser eyes um breathing underwater none of that he is just a human with a lot of money and a good suit like so and intelligent yeah but like you know the, the dark knight franchise you know he's put up against characters who you know are a good match for him but not so op that like you think well one shot from his laser eyes should kill him or being thrown by superman into a wall should kill him <laughs> you know yeah um like I mean, he is he is the he is fundamentally the weakest of all of those uh yeah. in the justice i don't know if i like that aspect though because in the comics although he's shown to be the weaker he's He's almost like the nimbler one, and he's all, he's always like the one thinking one step ahead. Um, they they show that in Batman v Superman because effectively, if he wanted to, he could have killed Superman. I know Superman could have killed him but in that in that it, fight. True, very true. Like, and that's I think one of the the the, the better parts of of that film mm. is that that that's Batman does use his knowledge as his strength. But mm. um, I mean, like like I think all of us agree, the Martha moment in that film wasn't. It's bad. It's bad. It wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, and I, I tell you what, actually, that's, I did like the fact, I don't know if I liked it too much, but I like the fact that on the continuation from that film to this film was Superman's basically, wasn't it, his screams or his energy just mm. going from his body and like, I like that a lot. awakening the boxes because they could sense that essentially the Kryptonian was dead. Yeah. Is my assumption. I thought that was quite cool. Um, I was going to say as well. Uh, I just to I'll go off on your Superman uh, point, Chris. I really like the bit when he's in the ship picking his suit, and you hear Jonathan Kent and you hear Jor-El in his ears, like say, like trying to give him, like, giving him advice. Basically, I wasn't sure if that was if they were new lines or if they were cut from Man of Steel and BVS. I don't know. I wasn't sure either because it took mm. me a while to realise it was both of them talking because mm. they actually had kind of similar tones to their voice. Mm. Uh, talking of suits, actually, I like that he donned the black suit, yeah. But I don't know that I like that he donned the black suit after everything that happened. Okay. Like, he opened up his shirt, and I thought that was, like, a prime moment for the the red and blue. Mm. I would like to... Black suit. And then when when we went to the Nightmare World, he was wearing the red and blue suit again. And I was like, what? What's going on here? Well, I well, my thinking is that uh, with the red and blue in the nightmare stuff, that's just to keep in with in BVS. He was wearing blue suit in the nightmare stuff. Yeah. I would imagine that's just to try and keep that the same. But I also would say I would have liked for him to like give us a reason as to why he chose the black suit. Yeah, 
because he doesn't really say it, he just kind of picks it and like, okay it looks cool but I just want to know why you decided this one is the one for you now yeah I guess it's like almost like a rebirth isn't it it's a new new dawn mm. so it's a new but yeah I get you I get what you where, yeah so at the end of this film he uh Superman is is back alive and people generally know that um he also is seen going back to the daily um planet yeah um as Clark Kent but yeah. We see Clark Kent's grave in this mm. film. So, sure, people are not going to be like, didn't you fucking die? But, but, yeah, but who went to his funeral? Everyone who worked at the Dead Planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, surely he's been dead. He's been dead. Well, Perry for... was there and Jenny Swanson was there. He's been dead for, uh, I don't uh, know how, however long Superman was dead for, right? Weeks, months, I don't know. Not Probably not too long. But someone's going to be like, hmm, Superman's back alive. And so is Clark Kent. Well, I um my thinking I agree with you again completely, but somebody said on Twitter, which I thought wouldn't be the worst suggestion, is that obviously if they ever did continue this, you could say that Superman maybe reveals to Perry that he is Superman, and they just say that Clark Kent's been undercover or something like that. For and I think that's oh, a good yeah. way you could use to get out of it. Yeah, an undercover story would be quite good actually, especially as the way they um did Jimmy Olsen over dirty. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, just a quick couple of quick things. Um. I was just going to say, like, I really like um, the way that um, Zack Snyder did the how Wonder Woman fights. Like, the um, especially, like, the bank bit, I thought it was really cool when she was, like, moving really fast, deflecting all the bullets and all that stuff. And then she fucking obliterates that guy with her fucking... Um, <laughs> with yeah. her, uh, Bruce Bolton. Yeah, I don't even know what you call them. What would the word wrist thing called? What are they called? I don't know, like the shackles or, or no, that's more like yeah, handcuffs. Well, but you know what I mean, yeah. But yeah, whatever they are. But like that whole scene, I think is definitely better than the 2017 version because like at least they expand it a little bit. One thing I was going to say though is that like uh, the people who were blowing up the place, the terrorists, when they were like, oh yeah, we want to set the world back to the dark ages and stuff like that, I was like, that's actually a really interesting like that could be a really interesting like bad bad um, uh, antagonist. They should leave that. Save, they should have saved that for a film because that could actually be really interesting. But, yeah, they what, they. What? What bank were they at that they were gonna? Oh, I don't think it was the a bank. I think it was like Parliament or something. It was the it was old like, Bailey. It was the, oh, okay. uh, the courts in London. Also, by the way, they're they're they're, they're called bracelets of submission. Okay, oh, fair enough. Um, um, but yeah, what did you guys think of the way? Because obviously they changed her up a bit, like the way she fights people. Do you think that was cool or not? Yeah, I thought it was a lot better. Um, what I was mean, different? Sorry? That she was just moving bare quick. You know how the way Furia, whatever her name is, the the female Kryptonian in Man of Steel, the way she was moving, like really fast, really fast. Like um, they were doing it like that. And obviously she was moving really really fast to deflect the bullets and blah, blah, blah. She doesn't really do that in, or they don't show it the same way in the 2017 version or in either Uh, of her films, if I'm being completely honest. Um, That's because Zack Schneider fucking loves slow-mo. This film would have been (laughs) two hours 30 without slow-mo. It was ridiculous. There was a lot of slow-mo. There was a lot of slow-mo. That's, that's one of the big detractions about him as director is he just loves slow-mo and it's just mm. so overused. Mm. But um, I, I liked the, the, the Wonder Woman fight at the beginning. It was a bit sort of... you sort of like these villains just come out of absolutely nowhere and then just get killed off. It was sort of like um, a bit contrived just to get Wonder Woman fighting. But, mm. you know, they could be flag smashers. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um... I also like the thought of in the Nightmare World, um, Batman's new kind of group is obviously Joker, Mira, uh, Cyborg, and Deathstroke. Yeah. 
Do you not think it's a bit of a joke that three humans managed to survive, but the rest didn't? <laughs> yeah. Well, you crumble sometimes, man. Well, I, was just, I just find that interesting that obviously Joker and Batman are big villains, but Deathstroke, you know, you, you literally see Deathstroke being told by um, Lex Luthor, oh, you want to fight the Batman. The Batman is actually Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to the nightmare world where they're like, if not pals, then at least on the same side for that time being. And I just find that a really interesting idea. Like what happened, what changed for mm. that situation to happen? I don't know. I'm just now I'm like quite big on this film and I'm like, I just want to see the rest of it because it's yeah. such a cool idea. Um, but I mean, I've seen some absolute terrible shouts on Twitter. Like the, this, the Schneiderverse stands saying this is the best superhero film ever. It, blows Infinity War and Avengers out of the water. Um, it's better than all of them combined. I'm like, that is a fucking terrible shout. Yeah, like, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> this film, this film, this film is good. It's not better than Infinity War. It's not better than the original Avengers. It is it better than Endgame? I don't know. No, come on. So it's I just think Ultron, are, for sure. There are a lot of mad shouts. But, I mean, we've talked a lot of the positives about this film. Wait, any... someone, was, someone was saying it was better than Infinity War and the, the original oh, Avengers? A lot, a lot of people. Chris, a lot. A lot, lot of people saying... I guess, it, I guess it depends on your... I guess it depends taste, on how you... Like, yeah, like, this is a, a lot of... A, I would say this is a darker film in comparison to most of the MCU films, so... It's an absolute... Yeah. I mean, I mean we, 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 we don't need... It's not a competition, but that is an awful shout. Um, What's well, objective, we, isn't it? If you think it's bad, then you think it's bad. You know no, I mean? it's, it's objectively wrong. I mean, Obi, given given our, our the way we all talk in these podcasts, when someone says the film's good and someone else is like, yeah, but that's us. I can't yeah. be like, I can't go up to someone. Someone, someone says to him, uh, someone says, oh yeah, I think X, Y, Z is better than whatever, whatever. If I say to you, Chris, if Chris, if you say to me, I don't know, fucking Captain America one's better than Captain America two, and I say no, it's not. That's all we can. That's as far as we can go. Like you have your opinion, um, I have mine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. Nah, gonna be... I I I'm, I reported all of those Twitter accounts for hate speech. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I just want to say as well quickly. I think I someone on. I just wanted to point this out. Someone on Twitter described Zack Snyder's films as more like graphic novel sort of films, which I think is a, like a more accurate de- uh, depiction of them. Because obviously, people, a lot of people, like for example, Man of Steel, they compare it to like the Christopher Reeve Man of Steel uh, in 1977 or whatever it was, and like that's a very happy, cheery Superman, you know, save a cat from a tree, you know, very bright, very, you know, and that's great, um, and that's a certain taste for certain people. That's very comic booky, and then you get graphic novels, which tend to be, you know, a bit darker, a bit longer, um, a bit grittier, and I think that's kind of the route that maybe like an Elseworlds kind of story, like a, an alternate universe kind of story, which is, I think, what Zack Snyder's kind of films are portraying. Whether or not he meant to do that is a different, different question entirely, but that's the kind of the route I feel like he's going down. And I think once you once you get to the point where you say, okay, this is what I know these films are going to be like, then I think you enjoy them a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I sort of want to get in... We've, we've sort of lauded up a lot of the, the positives. Um is there anything still either something that's added or just something that still is inherently sort of not great about this film i have a couple things i don't know if i'll, I'll go first because um 
so like some like you say some of the scenes are too long and you're like you could definitely just cut this out there's one scene where um Aquaman goes into the water and these three women just start singing and you're like okay <laughs> this is a bit odd and then it just kind of goes on for maybe 45 seconds to a minute and you're like oh this is a bit weird like you could have just cut this down to maybe 10 seconds 15 seconds that was odd uh the music in general the score was fine the music the soundtrack is not great not good I would say as well actually to be honest with you they changed the song didn't they they changed the song yeah. when Aquaman goes into the water it's yeah so that so doesn't go with what he's doing. Yeah, right. yeah. There's some very odd choices, I think. Um, Wonder Woman's obviously we said about the slow mo. The slow mo's well over, very overused, I think. Um, Wonder Woman's theme, I think, is, is sick, and I really like it. Like, the little, <laughs> but not that the the little warrior cry before that. Like, and it's like, ah, like it's like it's like a like an Amazonian warrior cry. Whatever it happens with the Amazonian, beautiful. And happens with what? <laughs> uh, and happens with uh, Wonder Woman. Sorry? Amazonian foghorn, isn't it? Yeah, and I like it, but uh, it gets to a point where he over he overdoes it a bit, I think, um, which I didn't, which I don't mind, but I was just like, oh, it's a bit overkill. Like, let's use this sparingly and it'll have more of a, less is more, you know? Um, other than that, mm, I don't really have too many grabs of it, to be fair. Chris? Uh, um, hmm trying to think off the top of my head now you got any glenn because i can't think of the top of my head um i think it is it is the um yeah the, the slow-mo that the sort of not not being able to maybe just didn't have the time to to kind of actually cut it down um you know there, there's a there's something to say about warner brothers that the, the two extended versions of batman vs superman and justice league are significantly better they make more sense but on the flip side, if you're Zack Schneider, is it to his detriment that he can't seem to make a, a film that's less than like two and a half hours and mm. it makes sense? Mm. Um, yeah, because isn't, isn't Watchmen quite a long film as well? Watchmen's very long. Watchmen's the theatrical cut of Watchmen hours. is very... Yeah, the, the director's cut is very long, even though the actual cut is very, very long. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get superhero films, there's a lot to, to cover. Um I mean, you know, Marvel do it, but that's, you know... Yeah, but Marvel... They are separate. Yeah, Marvel do also have, like, separate single films about each superhero prior to this film coming out, so... To be fair, prior to Endgame, Marvel's films aren't aren't that long, are they? No, they're not. I mean... No, but what I mean is they they set up them films... Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but I mean, even, you know, I mean, it's not Zack Schneider, but Wonder Woman 2 is two and a half hours long. I just think, like, you know, Zack Schneider, obviously, Wonder, Warner Brothers mandated to him that Justice League needed to be two hours. Why they said that, I have no idea. And it's evidently a mistake. But also, you know, we people are used to, in general, films that are between 90 and, you know, two hours 15. So when you're, when you're pushing three hours... And Zack Schneider does this consistently, not just in the DCEU. You think, are you just maybe not that efficient at storytelling? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a valid question for sure. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but yeah, and I mean, the um, Stephen Wolf, 
Um, his, his, his motivations were a lot better, which is fine. Yeah. I, I, his design with all those like spiky armor, I was I could take or leave it, but whatever. That oh, makes yeah, that's it. Um, when his eyes changed colour and he suddenly went into like some battle form. Yeah, that was weird. I was kind of like, what's going on? Oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I think was there was good. quite a bit of like, there was a couple of points where there was like expedition, exposition dumps. Mm. So like, um, where, particularly when they're explaining the mother boxes and, mm. and dark side coming to Earth beforehand. That felt very like, it, it didn't flow. It was just sort of, you know, they set it up as Wonder Woman just explaining to Batman all of this, but it was sort of like, okay, could you not have integrated it a bit better? It yeah. just felt like, right, I need the audience to know this information. Boom, here's the information. Yeah. And it was sort of like, again, a bit a jarred a bit. Um, but, you know, generally, yeah, generally it's, it's a lot more positive. Chris, have you thought of anything? Before Chris goes, I just want to say a few more few couple of things that, just, that I really liked before because I know we're winding down now um, I really thought so just to give a bit of background I suppose Ray Fisher tweeted um, if maybe last week that I'm paraphrasing but he said that basically that's um, Zack Snyder made Cyborg the like second basically the second strongest uh, hero in the D, in the DCEU after Superman a lot of people replied to him like what the fuck are you talking about um, I think they kind of helped to explain that in this a little bit with, his, with go, when they're going into his powers, basically saying that he basically controls everything. Um, considering how like digital our world is now and electronic, like he pretty much controls anything and everything and can do whatever he wants. Um, he can even send nukes if he wanted to, and I think that was like an interesting thing to see. Like, oh, actually, he can do a lot of shit. He's not just a fuck. He's not just a cyborg with a few little uh, cute little guns coming out of his arms. He can actually do bare stuff. Obviously, he gives that woman his money, the money as well. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, just wanted to say that. Anybody um, else want to speak now? Or what? Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure, sure if you're done and Glenn's on mute, so uh, I was expecting him to come off with something there. Um, things I didn't like. Um, do you know what? I wasn't really looking out for things I didn't like. I know it yeah. sounds really odd, but like... I feel like I had. Yeah. I feel like I wanted it to be good. I really, yeah. I really wanted this to be good. So in my mindset of being, I guess, the average, one of the the three average critics here, I didn't actually look at it too critically. Yeah. Um, I get what I mean, but we've said a lot, so obviously it did in some way. Um, I actually didn't mind slow mos. I know you guys <clears> were saying it was a bit too much. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. I try and take CGI with a, a pinch of salt sometimes, in the, not in a pinch of salt, bad, that's bad metaphor or whatever. Unless it's egregious, like, then you don't really, like if it's bad, unless yeah, it's bad, exactly, you don't mind. Yeah, unnecessarily bad, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think there was a bit too much cyborg, but I have no qualms with it. Um, I think it was good for storytelling, and I agree with you guys from earlier, like his, his act in it is so pivotal, yet we mm. don't see first one mm-hmm. i think his dad dying was was it tad unnecessary but again i have no issue with it i have mm. no issue with it whatsoever um uh what was the other thing um i thought they touched on the fact that batman had this armor that was basically black panther's armor where oh yeah like, it does the thing where if you hit it it will restore the energy, which I thought, okay, that's cool. 
I don't know if that was planned before Black Panther came out. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. And then you, you'd have to think the it, only really, it helps him defend himself against Superman's mm. laser eye, which again doesn't really make sense considering how powerful Superman is. But that's the only qualm I'd probably have in the Superman-ish part that Superman, even because he goes against Steppenwolf and he basically overpowers him within a, a breath of his, within a, like yeah, within his breath he breaks the man's axe yet. He can't laser the shit out of Batman's arm. But... Well, the thing's designed for it, isn't it? It's designed to, particularly for that, uh, to, to dissipate energy, isn't it? So... It, it, did, it did break one of them, I guess, so it does make sense. But yeah, they, I feel like they could have gone on that point a bit more. But... Can I just say yeah. as well, quick, quickly, sorry, Chris, yeah. to interrupt you really quickly. Um, I really yeah, no. like... I, one thing I really like about Batman v Superman and this is Alfred and Bruce Wayne's relationship, I think those two together like they're really good in like all their scenes i think their chemistry is really strong yeah yeah like you know that alfred respects batman and batman respects alfred but like they have the good banter with them and yeah. like even when he comes alfred... in he says oh yeah here's alfred i work for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that was quite funny alfred, alfred pretend like says that like batman's almost implies batman's a bit stuck up as well and stuff mm. like that and, um, <laughs> it's cool chemistry i almost I don't know if I wanted to see it, and I don't know if I felt like that. Like, because in Justice League, the first one, or the, do I call it the original, the yep. wedding, the the Whedon cut, mm-hmm. he almost, I almost feel like he's having like a bit of chemistry with Wonder Woman and Batman, almost like mm. flirtatious. Mm. And in this one, it's like, which this one does bode more with like how she feels in the two Wonder Woman films, but it kind of reverts back to the fact that she's still kind of got feelings for uh what's his face steve, steve trevor steve trevor so there's not as much flirtatious banter yeah also, they had one little moment didn't they where they touched on yeah one moment yeah and yeah. i would i i wouldn't mind seeing it you know? i wouldn't mind um, either do you know what i mean yeah i ain't got no issue <laughs> with it um i do feel like although there were more aquaman scenes like i said previously i feel like his role wasn't as pivotal but then he's not exactly a character that everyone raves about so mm. Unless it's unless it's to do with the films, because obviously it's Jason Momoa, so they've tried to give him a cool, slick new look, haven't they? But um, oh, Chris, yeah. can I talk to you again? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just, wow. I'm, wow. to, I'm so hey, sorry. I... The critics, mate, we're meant to we're meant to duck in and dive in, mate. There's it's just no, two no, things. No. I'm just going to disagree with you on everything. No, no, no. I don't want to forget them before they leave my mind. So uh, going back to the things that were in the Whedon cut that went in this one. So right near the end, near the, the final act where Aquaman's beating up some people in the air, he's fallen from the sky, and then uh, uh, Cyborg catches him. In this version, he says, you're welcome, like, sarcastically. In the Whedon version, he says, the ride ain't over yet, and I much prefer the 2017 version. That bit, I thought was... And even when he says, my man, afterwards, it's very much... His, uh, the, the cadence with which he said it is much like more energetic and like, yeah, let's go, than in, in the 2017 version than it is in this version. Um yeah, that was uh, it. And then just another thing as well on the Aquaman scenes, I thought when Mira was fighting Steppenwolf and she did the like the suck the the water out of his face and the blood and that, I thought that yeah. was, that was sick. I rewound that like three times. I thought that was so sick. Yeah, that was good. Um, but also made me think though, like, why isn't Mira with us? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's clearly got yeah, some very sick powers. It's a bit, it's a bit odd that she, it's a bit odd she's not about in the fight. To be honest, I mean, like, come on. But it's because it's because he hasn't made um, amends with her yet, has he? In this yeah. film. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I had. I, 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 
whole Martian Manhunt is really fucking pointless. It, I don't know if it annoys me that he's in it and he does nothing, or it annoys me that he's not part of the group who are trying to back. Like, why did he not turn up sooner? Yeah, he just turns up after the fight and is like, hey, I'm here. Even in, <laughs> even in Man of Steel as well. Like, Man of Steel BVS, like, the world's ending and you're not around. Like, yeah. he, was, he was the he was the general. No, but, that, no, but I mean, yeah, he's there, but he's not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's there, but he's not no, doing anything. I think I think in like like if I go based off Smallville, he's meant to be more of a watcher and a guider, or he perce- perceives to be like that. Okay. But, but like, he offers his hand in help after they've done like an absolute fuck off battle. I just it, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I just don't know if it annoys me that he's not. Yeah, because in my mind, the Justice League is seven people and they only have six and he would have made the seventh. Mm. Yeah, I think there was sort of plans for a Green Lantern in the next one as well. Um, I think they were, oh, Jack, Jack I, Snyder said he wanted him to be in this one, but the studio said no. Apparently, he, yeah, apparently there was talks of trying to get Ryan Reynolds back, you know, for mm. the uh, Green Lantern shoot. But that is, fun. is Ryan Reynolds doing a Bucky as well? We're just trying to undo all the shit films he's ever done. <laughs> like he's already redone Deadpool. Now he's trying Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, sort of touching on a few things you said, uh, Superman renders the whole Justice League pointless because um, he is just so OP that, you know, he doesn't need the rest of them, um, which was evident from this fight against Steppenwolf. <laughs> he just comes in like murks him. Um, someone on Twitter said that Darkseid was a better villain than Thanos and would beat Thanos, but he got bodied by Ares' axe and then scuttled away. So, hmm. Dude, um, Thanos on his, on his ones was getting beaten up as well. So. Yeah, true. And also, you know his henchman, Desard, I think his name is? Desard, I, yeah. I just thought that was a really weird pronunciation of Darkseid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't because really, I didn't know what Darkseid looked like. So when he was like, oh, Desard, I was like, is that how you pronounce Darkseid? Is that like <laughs> Greek? I don't know. Um, that was my, yeah. Um, would you guys watch a cyborg solo movie? I don't really feel like he's. I don't know much about him to be like. Can he carry his own film? Uh, I, I would. Uh, but uh, sorry, just to just to go quickly. Yeah, go, go, go. I, I would. Um, but you would have assumed that if he was going to get a film, it would be a, uh, like an origin story. But they've already technically shown us pretty much his origin, like already in this little film. So now I would wonder what the next what his next story would be. So in a way, I'm, I would be intrigued to watch one, yeah. So I'll say yes. I, I If it came out, I'd watch it, obviously. But um, does he need one after this film? I'm, I mean, if, I mean, does any superhero need their own film? But I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like they've explained a lot about him. Um, I don't know what villain would be good against him that would be, would, would, that would be visually pleasing for us. Because if he's someone who locks into robotics and the internet and stuff, I don't know what battle he would come up against that would be like, okay, this wow. this is cool. To see. Well, he's he's only really able to connect into um, Earth-based technology because he says something uh, about about well, that's the other box, isn't he? Uh, that's true, but there was something. And he, and he t- there was one point when he said, oh, I can't really communicate with this because it's not Earth-based or something like that. I, I think, I, I mean, go, this is me going off the comics. I feel like he, his technology needs, to, his technology adapts 
because he is part mother box, I think. So his his the but the stuff on him does adapt mm-hmm. and he does learn. So maybe he can't do it now initially because he needs to like learn it. Mm. So but, quickly, um, um... I think I think he'd be good to, like if he came into a film, like if he was in the Flash film. That'd be well, cool. he, well, he's been fired from that apparently. Um, to quickly oh, um, right. to quickly go off what you said, Chris, about like what his film will kind of like what a villain would be like and stuff like that. Um, I think you could like make maybe make a mix. Like if I'm bringing it to Marvel, obviously he's kind of like a a robot. Tony Tony Stark is Iron Man's a robot. I think if you could you could add like a little bit of elements of that in there, and then kind of just maybe put in like a little bit of espionage in there as well or something like that. I think maybe um, he gets access to government, whatever, whatever's through his brain or whatever. I think I think there's a film in there definitely. But obviously I don't know any cyborg <laughs> characters or villains, so I can't say who would be in it. But I think you could definitely make a a solid story. Cyborg is in the Teen Titans, isn't he? So maybe he if he's been written out of the Flash, he could go into the the DC Titans show. Yeah. Well, they've already got they've already got um Doom they've Patrol. Got one. Is yeah. A, yeah. Jovian Wade plays Cyborg in the in the. Uh, oh, okay. Fair enough. So Ray Fisher is he no longer in DC at all? I think we don't know. All we know, all we know is that he's been fired. Well, say fired. He's been. He's not in the Flash film anymore, presumably because of all these investigations that are going on right now. Mm-hmm. But um, who knows? Maybe if this film's really successful, maybe he gets. They put him back. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything official. I think Warner Brothers just need to, if they're going to hire Zack Snyder to do these films, just fucking let him do what he wants. Like, because. Well, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. You know, because all he does is release his own cut. And everyone's like, oh, that's actually substantially better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I wouldn't mind him, I think I said in the group chat, I wouldn't mind him getting, like, a Netflix or Amazon film, just so, and they just say, do you know what, mate? Just do what you do what you like, and let's just see where this goes. Rather than being under constraints and expectations oh. of pe- what people expect from certain heroes, just do what you like. And he see. does have a film coming out. It's a zombie film called Army of the Dead. I might Is it three hours? Probably. <laughs> They must have known before casting that he does these long films because they must have based it off Watchmen, surely. Yeah. Watchmen's Warner Brothers as well, isn't it? I think so. so. Yeah. You know, it's not like you, you go... If you tell Zack Schneider oh, you need a two-hour film, no way. I mean, it's you sort of to... like... You know oh. when you don't trust people to be on time and, you know, <laughs> if, you, if your thing's at, like, 9 o'clock, you'd be like, oh, it's 8.30... If you want Zack Schneider to do a two-hour film, you need to tell him it needs to be one hour long. <laughs> you go, Zack, this film needs to be no more than one hour. And then he turns <laughs> in a two-hour cut, and you're like, banging. <laughs> How long's 300? Because he did 300 as well, didn't he? So where do you guys rank this in the in the DC? Uh, top. Um, but that's recency bias. You've got Chris? it. Oh, okay. Uh, what are the films? We got Shazam, we got Aquaman. Just give me top. Just give me a top three. <laughs> if it's not, if it doesn't make your top three, then it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's top two, if if not top. I I don't know why, but did I really, really, really like Shazam? I can't imagine Shazam's top. Yeah, I think it probably does take the top. Fair. What about you, Ives? Uh, for me, it's second. Batman v Superman, I think I still re- I don't know why, what it is about it, but I just really enjoy it. Um, uh, you're talking normal or extended? Ex- yeah, extended. I've only seen yeah, the normal version. Once. 
I've only seen the version once. I've seen the extended version four, four, three or four times. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely number two. Might be number one. I have to. I want to watch it again and see how I feel. See, I feel like these these films are like more appreciated if on rewatch value sometimes. Yeah, agreed. Because like, like I said, like Man of Steel. I remember when I came out of cinema watching that. I thought this was not great. Yeah. Sorry. And I was angry. <laughs> I was angry that. And it's because of the. I feel like it's all the hype. It's hype. hype. It's hype. Yeah. And then on rewatch, the political value, the mm. way it's all done, it's mm. like, oh, I can appreciate this a bit more. Like, maybe, maybe you go in it like the childish side of me goes into the movie thinking, oh, this is gonna be like this, like this, like this. When it's not hitting the expectation, it's like, oh, it's like Batman versus Superman. You expect some long ass epic battle between them, and I mean there was a battle, but it wasn't that long mm. was it and then it's like oh and then you get the shit looking uh doomsday doomsday and it's like oh that's like burst a massive bubble or a massive like mm-hmm. high point i had mm. but then re-watching it you kind of appreciate it a bit more and what they're trying to like what's the word what they're trying to mold i guess mm. and it's essentially again justice league give us a half version i liked it but yeah. like the next version was better and explained a lot more of it better so like yeah i don't know i'm rambling sorry no good um i've just found an article on den of geek that's uh just describes what the justice league 2 story would have been um so dark side and the armies of apocalypse would have invaded earth from the surviving team of heroes and villains working together um we can infer a few things. Cyborg's vision from the moment they resurrected Superman using the mother box has come to pass. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are dead. Superman's turned evil and being manipulated by Darkseid and the anti-life equation after Batman failed to save Lois Lane's life. Now, a new league consisting of Batman, Cyborg, Deathstroke, Flash, Mirror and Joker are working to bring Darkseid down. Um, so the Flash detail is... Um, he's wearing some armoured costume, uh, which he wears in... Batman vs Superman when he goes yeah. through into the reality and says Lois is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they basically Batman helps send Barry back in time to warn himself to save Lois's life uh, to prevent the anti-life equation. Although we have already seen that happen, so <laughs> is that some sort of paradox where it just keeps happening? Because mm-hmm. if in Batman vs Superman he's told Lois Lois is the key. Yeah, he still lets Lois die. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you just gonna keep doing that? Well, Joker says um, like, doesn't he? Joker say, um, oh, what does he say like, how many times are you gonna let people die or something like that before you? Oh, come on, what he says. Sorry, don't worry, let me change it. Isn't he like, before you die yourself, you're too yeah, too, something like that. Too chicken or too something to die yourself. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it's annoying. I want to. I need to watch that bit again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that story. I'm I'm all for it. If that's what they want to do, yeah, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to know. Would you got so some people have I've seen some people talking about this. If they did say, you know, restore the Snyderverse, blah 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 blah, he gets his own Justice League. Da 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 da. Would you want that to be the main the main universe that we operate in, or are you okay with this being like a little side universe while we get more other stuff? Or would you, what, what do you guys think? Do you want like separate universes or everything to all just be? they mention the multiverse in this don't they very briefly i think Mm. dark side mentions the multiverse Mm. so 
If they just continue this thread line, I'm happy with that. The others, whether they link in or contra contradict each other, whatever, you know. <laughs> I would just quite like him to finish this Justice League yeah. arc, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. Yeah, I, I would like him to finish it as well. All right. Well, any anything further? Um, just quickly. On, sorry, l yeah. last thing. Um, would you guys recommend? So, people who haven't watched Justice League haven't. Um, people who haven't watched the 2017 version, would you recommend like a normal, regular, regular person? Would you recommend they watch this film? Ooh. Not for four hours. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say for like if you're not into Marvel too much. Like, don't even watch Infinity War and Endgame because if you're sitting through a two hour, two and a half hour, three hour film. Mm. You're going to have a lot of questions if you're not sort of up on it. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want people to like sit watch it with like my my dad, and my dad's like, "Who's this Marshall Manhunting person?" And I'm <laughs> like, "Oh, who's this Marshall Mathers the third? Who's this? Yeah, who's this Marshall <laughs> Mathers?" <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but no. Um. Fair <laughs> Fair. I think I think if I think. In, in general, I think if you didn't like the 2017 version, you're probably not gonna like this version. I think if you did like it, I think did I like I think you will like this version. I can't imagine anyone. This is why I, I find it odd with people who who like didn't like like really hated 2017 version, and then they really really like this one. I just find the swing to be very very odd. Weird. Yeah. Weird. yeah. A lot of the a lot of the key points are still in the film they're just yeah. longer or changed slightly like the main action sequences generally take place in the same locations and stuff um also another thing dark side's other right hand person apart from Dasad, is granny goodness who is that i see people talking about him i have no idea who he is Anyone she know? was that old woman who was next to like the crusty old yeah no people. i know who i'm saying do you know who the character is like uh, let's see Granny Goodness is a fictional supervillainess published by DC Comics. Uh, she made her live-action debut in the final two seasons of Smallville. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Come on, Chris, you should be an expert, mate. Who's, who's Granny, Granny, Granny Goodness? What the fuck is called? She Granny was tra Goodness. trained to be one of Darkseid's hounds. It's just such a shit name. <laughs> Granny Goodness, and she's a villain. At least call her Granny Badness. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's just awful. That'll be, oh, yeah. be her. Um, that'll be that'll be her. Um, a superhero villain. She's, she's, in, she's, in, she's in Young Justice, isn't she? Is she? Yeah. I don't know. Season three. Is she, have I seen season three? I haven't seen all of it. To be fair. No. She's she's in like episode ten. Okay, I don't think I've gotten to it yet. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was our review of Justice League the Schneider Cut uh, as well as the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Next week we'll talk about the second episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier as well as probably reviewing some of the recent releases including Moxie, Judas and the Black Messiah um, among others. Um, I can't remember the others. <laughs> um, yeah but do tweet us uh, or comment on our Instagram um, with your thoughts on both of those uh, pieces of content particularly Zack Snyder's Justice League and you know whether you think it's substantially better than 
the 2017 version. We're on Twitter at YCPodcast17 and Instagram under your average critics. Keep it sexy for Dark Side. Peace.